0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What?, a comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solidary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 281, with Graham McMillan and I kind of sort of talking about the first issues of Superman Smashes the Plan, X-Men, Undiscovered Country, and also the new coffee table book Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular, but really talking more about budgeting, obsessiveness, and possible reality shows people can pitch for the current DC Universe Contest. Comments on this episode are available at waitwhatpodcast.com. Send us your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Lester. Graham McMillan, hello. How
1: how are you, sir?
0: Oh, you know,
1: I'm just that... Uh, oh, no. Oh no! Wow, you just know where <laughs> no, to go. Here. Yeah, but here's the thing: I say, "How are you?" And when there's a pause, and then you go, "Oh, I know it's it's been a week. Has yeah. it been a
0: week? Uh, it's been a day. It's been a day. Um, yeah. No, yeah. today's been a day. Today's been a day. Yeah, yeah, Got a little bit of a day. Uh, uh, briefly, and I don't know if Sorry, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh. uh... I was in the process of looking for a used car, a new used car, uh, that's I know that's a few a, a used car that would be new for me. And at the dealership, as we were leaving, my wife took quite a tumble, and we heard a horrible popping noise. And uh, no,
1: oh no, yeah,
0: um, we're thinking we're pretty sure it's just a bad, a really bad sprain. But yeah, uh, she's been laid up for the last couple
1: obvious hours. Obvious question: Do we not do this? Do you want to, like, take care of her and, like, we just not nah, do this? it'll be just... fine.
0: It'll be fine, Graham. I've been ignoring her for hours already. Don't even worry about it. It'll be oh good.
1: God.
2: <laughs> I my... set
0: her up in her bed and I got the little frozen bag of peas on her thing and she got her hot water bottle so the upper part of her body was warm while we were still trying to reduce the swelling down in the ankle. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. She'll be fine for a couple hours.
1: Okay. But, like, at any point... Like, if you have to go, you have to go.
0: Sure. I totally get that. And I think we'll be great. We'll be we'll be all right. It's just it happening in the middle of everything else. I mean, you know, it's kind I of... I mean, a... it
1: happening at all.
0: Yes. But...
1: It... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So... Oh, boy. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to Edie, too.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. I will, I will pass that along to her. Uh, yeah, we're both kind of... Uh, A little bit sheepish about it, a little bit worried, and, you know, and also just kind of a, I don't know. There's a a fair amount of light trauma anyway, so,
1: you know. Uh, uh,
0: How are you? So how are you?
1: Um, I'm good. Great. But I'm good today, if that makes sense. This week Mm -hmm. has been a really weird one. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, it's really been weird because, uh, you may or may not remember when I talked to you last week when we recorded the podcast, I was sick mm-hmm. and I was like, I'll sleep it off. No, no, I didn't. Mm. I progressively got sicker, uh, oh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, mm. uh, which is, is not good, mm-hmm. but like Jeff, you know me. Mm-hmm. If I am working less and also working from bed, you know that I'm really pretty sick. Yes, for sure. So that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. You may or may not know that on Tuesday, the day that I pretty much was like, I'm just going to take it really fucking easy, was also the day that Kevin Feige was announced as the chief creative officer of oh, everything at Marvel. Jesus, God, right. And so I didn't really have, like, my plan, and honestly the plan of my editors for me to take it easy, mm-hmm. I kind of got fucked. Right, right. Um, and the combination of, like, that, but also being sick and sort of being underpowered for the first half of the week
2: mm-hmm.
1: meant that the second half of my week was just nuts because I had to play catch-up. Mm, 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 mm. And So, like, yesterday I was... Yesterday morning especially, I felt like my head was independently powered mm. by stress and could have flown to the moon by itself. mm Sometimes, you, when you're just like, your brain will not shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you're just aware of everything that needs to be done, and you're just like, haha, thinking,
2: thinking a lot. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, that was me. Uh, and so, that was, that. you know, just going to put it like, like straight. That was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But today, legitimately, I've done nothing. Oh, good. Like, I've watched some television, I've gone for a walk, I went to the library, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was great. And that was exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. because, yeah, like if we'd recorded this last night, I would have been a hilarious gibbering wreck.
0: Mm. I got to admit, that's kind of what the position I was hoping to take tonight. So it's a good thing. Although sometimes I feel like maybe if we both became gibbering wrecks at the same time, you know, podcasting uh, magic.
1: Right? I was talking to a listener of this podcast mm-hmm. uh, just the other day, <laughs> and it was, it was uh, decided that <laughs> the most popular parts, because it was a couple of people I was talking to who listened to the podcast, uh, and I'll name them when we're not recording, Jeff, uh, it was decided that their favorite parts of the podcast were the bit at the end where we're spiraling out of control yes. and trying to bring... Yeah. So if we did an entire episode like that, maybe people would like it. No,
0: that's what I'm thinking. If if only we could somehow get there at the start, I'm thinking, and then maybe pull out after an hour. I don't know. It's yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, no, I definitely feel like a lot of people have been like, oh, oh, oh comedy gold there, where Jeff was trying to you know accuse Graham of the conspiratorial leanings. So you know, I uh, and they put it just like that. So. Because I, too, talk I mean, to people why, about why, the podcast. Why,
1: why wouldn't they? Yes, indeed. I, I'm all conspiratorial leanings. So you know me. You are. You totally
0: are, Graham. Oh, my God, yes. So.
1: Uh, you know, think, I literally just muted myself by mistake <laughs> in the middle of talking.
2: It was Good great. job,
1: me. It really was... made it sound like you were
0: sputtering
1: with, like, you know, I was like, oh, my God, did no, I Ray upset I... him? I legitimately was going to go into a routine. And then I muted myself for a mistake. As if my thumb was like, stop. No. No. <laughs> just, just, just don't want to go down this route. Nope. Ah, uh, see,
0: I think, I whereas again, these roads are prudent. Cram, let me ask you. Did you yeah, ever end up see. seeing Hobbs and Shaw? You did not. I did not. I did However,
1: not. yes. It is on Amazon now.
2: <gasps> really? So cool.
1: And I, I was so close to, like, just paying the $20 or whatever it is to buy it
2: Mm. this week. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. really, genuinely, (laughs) disturbingly close. It was one of those things where I was flipping through things, and I just went, oh, shit, really? Mm. No. Mm. No, I can't, but I could. No. (laughs) No, I can't, but I could. No.
2: You know, it's one of those things
1: where you really have to talk yourself out of it. Mm. Mm. And so instead, I bought uh, Matt Singer's Spider-Man book from Inside Edition, (laughs) which is, like, Twice the price, wow, yeah, right, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I instead that was my treat myself thing for this week, and Jeff, I have to tell you, I think you'd love it <clears throat> I'm sure I would, I'm sure I would anyway, let's go get back on uh the hobson show. why are you asking the, I, there's a few things
0: uh we failed to see you and I both failed to see Biggie and Shorty. I was going to ask if you have seen um the feel good hit of uh the year uh Joker.
1: Uh, I have not, mm -hmm. and I want to go into a short rant about that right now. Please do. Movie studios, and I've said this before, stop releasing your comic book-related movies, uh, brackets. When Graham's sick. (laughs) No, uh, during a fucking comic book convention. Right. Because they tend to do it during San Diego or during New York. Right. And that's really dumb for multiple reasons, not least of which... Kind of a lot of your target audience are busy doing other things. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, Joker is like a massive success, mm-hmm. so they really don't give a shit. And also, I know that Warner Brothers kind of tried to distance this from well, DC see, a bit. That's what I'm thinking. Is is that's the, I can see. I don't know,
0: but of course they do that with apart, lots of other apart, stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. But... but apparently, like the DC logo isn't even on the film. No, really? Huh. Yeah, which is which is kind of interesting, right? Hmm. Um, but it's if if joker had come out if joker's first weekend had been when i was not at a convention Mm -hmm. i probably would have gone right as much as out of curiosity sure by the time i came back from the convention then i was feeling kind of sick and then i got was really busy and then i got really sick by the time i got better honestly i am so fucking burned out on by the hot takes of that film yeah right i think that film's great but i have literally no desire to see it right now Yeah.
0: i know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean Edie was like, should we see it? I'm like, uh, I think we're going to wait till it comes to, like, HBO or whatever.
1: Right, Like, exactly. right, exactly. Let's like let's just wait and see if it, you know, let's wait for the year until it shows up in HBO. Right. I, I, I you know, I, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because really, I, I, I am genuinely burned out by people's hot takes on it. Right, yeah. It's just like, okay, you guys, I, I get it. You all have feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. No, I didn't. I'm guessing you didn't see it either. No, no, I, I've not.
0: I would love to make it into the theater, uh, and it, uh, I just don't see it happening in the next couple of weeks or more. So, which is, which is a shame because I have to tell you and the listeners, I, I'm kind of caught in a conundrum now. Oh, tell me your
1: conundrum, Jeff.
0: The conundrum is. Um <clears throat> that uh I'm coming up on a situation where I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm under under the, the the uh relatively tight budget, as it were. Um it tried to tighten the old fiscal belt or, or what have you. I'm not even familiar with the, the, the metaphors. That's
1: how I, I, unaware I, should, I am. I say I love that this makes you sound like Mr. Moneybags. Yeah. I, I don't even know how you people talk about <laughs> saving money. What what you call it? Like like not just throwing your money around
2: Pa I
0: don't I don't even understand. what is this? I am restricting. I'm 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 constricting
1: I my, the thing I see. My, my my boy. My I need a hot take. Use <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me what you think of this Todd Phillips Joker. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, uh, so I'm trying to trying to figure out a way to you know, um, trim trim the old fat, as it were, fiscally. And like four, three or four months ago, I put myself on the waiting list for the Alamo Draft House season pass card. Um,
1: oh, and you've got it. Is that what you're about to I say? I
0: just got emailed two days ago. It's, the, you know, it's still in, in beta, so it's waiting list invite only. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll go wide in two weeks or whatever. But for now, it's pay $30 a month, get to see a movie every day, you know? Um, God, yeah, and I'm like, Oh, I want this so much, but Graham Mcmillan, here's the thing. I haven't been to the movies in a while I can and when I have gone, it's with uh the misses, and I can only get one card on the the thirty dollars a month. We would have yeah, to but, pay the money but, for the
1: other ticket, so but still you're still getting essentially a half price ticket
0: oh, right i mean it's for for 30 dollars a month depending on the showing i mean really it doesn't necessarily do. for the most part two movies a month i'm breaking even three movies a month i'm 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 raking in the dollars and of course if i was
1: going every day i don't i See, that's... I mean, exactly. You'd, you'd make a fortune, yeah. yeah. Well, you wouldn't make a fortune. You'd save a fortune. Yeah, say.
0: exactly. So, so I'm I'm in quite the conund- conundrum, So, which is to say part of me is tempted to buy it
1: and see how much I use it when it's available to me, if it comes in well, handy. Well, here's, yeah. here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is it a thing where you have to pay, like, for the entire year up front, or do you pay monthly? Oh, I have to look into it. I assumed it was a month-to-month thing. Because if it's a month-to-month thing, then sure. Right. Like, right. like just sign up. Why see. not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. Jeff, I'm going to go further than that. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for your first three months. <laughs> I'll pay for your first three months, okay? What? I'll pay for your first three months. Oh, my God. Graham
0: McMillan, what are you doing? What have you I, been drinking? I look
1: your birthday is coming up
0: Ah, uh, no it is uh. you can't say no
1: we both listeners Jeff's birthday is coming up <laughs> that's not the way I'm saying spoilers. it Graham <sighs> um no like yeah why not well, that's very and that way, that okay. way, like, because that would be what uh in November December January right and by yeah. then I feel like you should know whether you're going to use it or not well that's true That is true. Um, Okay. Well, uh,
0: let's discuss this off air, as it were. But I'm incredibly touched
1: by (laughs) by, by the generosity. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, it's like $30 a month, you said. Yes, I know. But still. Yeah, no yeah anyway anyway moving on that's what you should do with it that's how we're going to solve that conundrum okay that is my conundrum i am i am king solomon chopping the baby in half
0: (laughs) he do have and and one half gets to go see unlimited movies at the envelope uh
1: well well, here's my question mm -hmm. like legitimately if you just you just said you haven't basically been seeing movies right right? yeah yeah that's what i mean so how you know how often are you going to use it? That's that's the part. Well, but see, that's the thing.
0: Is 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 part of me is, well, okay. and is this is why it came. House, up. Yeah, mm-hmm. is the
1: Alamo Draft House near your work? It it, uh,
0: it is closer to home, and I have been. That, that's part of why. I mean, it's been a. I wish, in some ways, it had come down the pike sooner. In some ways, because hoo hoo, what I could have done with it four months ago but uh as opposed to 4 months from now say but i st- so it's still doable but it's still a little like it's it's not nearly as doable also here's the thing about the alamo draft house um it is it is but one of the reasons why it's actually kind of a genius maneuver for them to have a deal like this is they sell food and drink Uh, inside the theater, you know, you can order off a menu. Sure.
1: So, so you get the movie for free, but they'll make it back when they feed you. We'll see. That's it. Yeah. You know, it is impossible.
0: I don't can't remember the last time I went to the Alamo draft house without having at least two beers. And most of the time it's two beers and an impossible burger. So
1: that's like, that's the same with the McManaman's cinemas up here in Berlin. Mm We're like, Sure, you're paying, you know, quote unquote, cheap for the film, right? Especially if it's a second run theater. you are you're paying like almost nothing for the film, yeah. But you're also going to eat and drink there. Yes, exactly, exactly. And you can pay, like, even at the the Baghdad, which is a first run theater, and you pay shit, ten, eleven dollars for a movie. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you pay like a, a multiple of that for your food. Yes, so absolutely. so they're they're making the money back, yeah. right? Exactly. So it's in it's a it's a
0: pretty genius arrangement. All of which is to say, I worry that it's not unlike, say, the Comicsology Unlimited coupon that I got uh, just a few days ago that expires, I think the day after tomorrow, which was like, hey, fifty percent off any Dark Horse books between now and then using this code, and I was like. Well, all right, and so I jump over there, and I'm, like, looking at stuff, and I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait, <laughs> I wait, don't wait, actually wait.
1: want any of these books.
0: Well, no, I mean, I do, I do, and believe me, some of these, some of them, especially when you combine it with some of the, because I think it was actually half off maybe even some of the sale prices, so, because some of the books I was looking at, I'm like, why is this $2.50 instead of ten dollars you know but i uh as as you know i have been mapping out my comic book expenses for almost a whole year now and uh i have been uh charting everything you know in a nice little google doc and one of the things that i find is sale books are are the books that go the longest without being read? And of course, I'm way behind on my sale books as it is. Like the the books that I get subscribed to, um, you know, that I have on the quote unquote pull list, those get read the fastest. um You know, like the distance between when they're purchased and when they're read is boom. Books that I, new releases that I pay full price for, as long as they're not manga, tend to get read immediately. And then the manga comes and goes. But the thing that I found is sale books for me are kind of my kryptonite because it's where, at least up until recently, I was practically spending the majority of my money, and yet the rate of return in terms of what I, of how much I was reading them or finishing them or whatever was drastically lower
1: okay, so now I have to ask when you buy something in a sale book is that it is, oh, I'll try again. when you buy a book in a sale mm-hmm. is that because it's literally a oh, I once heard about this and it could be fun, or is it that I was going to buy this, and now I have a chance to do it? cheap
0: well a a little from column a a little from column b like it's it's kind of a real mess let me see if i can go to the videotape here uh give me a sec
1: um well no because the reason i ask is as you know like i use the library here yes and for that matter i use hoopla as well now right to basically read things i'm curious in right for free right which i suspect you're doing with comicsology, uh y- yes and no again there's a lot
0: of there's a lot a lot of stockpiling of stuff like sometimes it is there are books like oh yeah I really want to read this and sometimes it's sort of uh well let's see what happens like um like for example the Yankees um which is Three, you know, I I bought three volumes of that. That's the book, the Japanese manga about um, basically tough guy gangs that are actually cats. You know,
2: which is <laughs> a great.
0: Great hook, as you do. Uh, Skullface Bookseller Honda San, which is more or less oh exactly what it sounds like.
1: It's that's such a great name, though. Yeah, absolutely. Skullface Bookseller.
0: Yeah. In. Oh, sc- skullface bookseller Honda San. So Honda Honda San is the skullface bookseller, and it's uh, it's it's basically an auto bio comic of and not auto bio because that actually puts the emphasis on their personal life, but it's basically the story of a bunch of Japanese uh, bookstore sellers, uh, uh, bookstore employees, especially the manga workers. So it's their tales of stalking manga and the people that they have to deal with. Because and this makes sense because I was literally one of those people. <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot of it is how the booksellers deal with foreign customers who either can or can't speak the uh, the language um, or can a little bit but want you know recommendations and things like that. So it's you know. It's kind of a comical ho ho aren't 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 foreigners amazing kind of book, you know, while at the same time being like you know it's it's good fanish fun, it's good fanish fun, I gotta say I read it, but like um you know the stuff where it's like i one of the things that really kills me is when I start buying a book and then I lose interest and then I get torn as to whether or not I should buy finish buying it, um sometimes I'll buy those on a sale. Uh, And those tend to just sit around and stink up the joint. So, like, I never... I know you had plenty of good things to say about it, but, like, female furies, I read each issue and more or less uh, uh, cooler and cooler. And so I think I have either issues five and six or issues four, five, and six backed up Mm -hmm. waiting to Mm -hmm. be read. But, like... um, uh, Urusai, again, it's a lot of, it's a lot of manga. Um, where was it? Urusai you, uh, Yatsura. I've got two volumes of that. I've got two volumes of Emma that I, um, uh, haven't read. I started, um, like a complete idiot. I accidentally bought volumes eight and nine of Banana Fish without I guess I thought I was buying volumes one and two. And then when they showed up, I was like, <laughs> no. So I feel like I'm more or less on the hook to somehow read the first seven volumes. Oh know? no. Yeah. So, I mean, I do a lot of dumb stuff like that. I really am like that guy who's like, pa pa you know, what, what do you poor people do? I mean, you know, how are you supposed to keep warm? If you can't just burn your money, you know? Um, so I I don't know, you know, the X-Men grant design books, I, you know, I I bought those with diminishing returns and but then they just came to seem to keep just putting them out. So I'm
1: like, <laughs> okay, I'll buy this one. Sure, and, I, I guess I'm still doing this Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. Is and that, it's it's not like do you not find that's the problem? That's not a comicsology problem as much as like that's a poolless problem, right? Where you'll you will go off a book, but you'll forget to just take it off a pull list. I've had that happen with print copies. Well, yeah, but like, yes. I mean, I've don't get me wrong. No, 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 the no. Sign was like eight dollars an issue or something like that.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so what happened? So yes, that has happened to me. I've trimmed those pull lists. I think the only one particularly tended to happen to me more in real life than digitally, because for whatever reason, digitally. I guess because I literally use the Comixology app every day. There's like – if there's a book that's sitting there in the unread, it's usually in one or two smart lists until I'm finally like, okay, okay. But yeah, no. I mean I've got like – I really enjoyed the first 20 or 30 issues. I don't even know how many of Deathstroke, you know, written by Priest. And then –
1: You were you were very complimentary.
0: Very, yeah, and then, I, I don't know, I just got behind, and then I kept buying them and buying them. You know, cause, and that was a subscriber pull list, where literally, I think I, I was like, at issue 40, I'm like, I just have to stop buying these. I've got to read the rest of these goddamn things. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, X-Men Grand Design was very much uh, like, oh, I like the first one, and the second one, I'm like, eh. And then the third one came out and I'm like, "Ah." but the other thing is, is they're really cheap. Like, I mean, they're expensive, but they're always on sale. Like they're literally on comiXology. Whenever Marvel has a, you know, jumping on volume sale, X-Men sale. And and they've had a lot of those recently. Like, I just feel like you, you can get the grand design volumes for like, Three dollars, you know, and at that point I'm like, well, it's three. It's such a good savings. This is how I, re-, you know, they they do these studies. The reason why people have sales is, you know, to draw in people who are like, oh, but these savings are so good, and then you get them in, and they spend lots of stupid money, you know, throw th- start throwing the bad money after the good. That is that's me. It's like I'm I'm just keep being like, well. Three dollars is better than eight, but I'm telling you, I, I don't, I don't even know how many issues of it. And my worry is, you know how they repackaged X Men Grand Design in in you know the the sort of the, the trades, yeah, yeah, the trades and the single volumes. I might have bought those too. I'm not sure. I'm I gotta admit, I can't really tell if Volume Two <laughs> of X Men Grand Design <laughs> oh, oh is no. like Issue Two or Volume Two. Yeah. No, I know. I'm a mess. I'm a mess, Graham. I'm a mess. So. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, like, for example, the only books that I have not read from the books that I bought this week are Golden Kamai, which I love, but I'm still desperately behind on, like, you know, at least four volumes behind, and Mob Psycho 100 Volume 1. Because I had heard good things about Mob Psycho, uh, and it's it's 100, and it's by the guy who does uh, One Punch Man. And I'm like, great. So that, ironically, is published by Dark Horse. Uh, and so with this 50% off thing, I had already purchased Volume 1. I saw, like, holy shit, I could buy Volumes 2, 3, and pre-order 4 at, like... Something like three dollars a pop, maybe it was three fifty, maybe it was two fifty, so I loaded them into the shopping cart, and I was heading towards the old digital checkout and then i 'm like
1: i haven 't even cracked open volume one yet. what yeah. if i don 't yeah. like it yeah what if I don't yeah what if i what if this is a saving and something i don 't
0: want yes, exactly, exactly, so you know, so I had to defuse that particular bomb, and that's and you know, Graham, I was going to ask. What are you obsessive about? What are you obsessive about? There's things. It's clear I'm an obsessive, hoardy, you know, mess. But I feel I don't necessarily know if we've we've talked about what are the things that you're that you can that you feel uncomfortably obsessive or sweatily compulsive about.
1: Oh God, I don't know. You you, you must have them, right? Well, maybe you don't. I mean, no, I, I mean, a... I guess I do. But like, it's funny you say that, and I'm like, I don't. No, like I'm, I'm weirdly obsessive about work, as you right. know. Right. Yeah, that is true. Right. I yeah. do like yeah. I, I, I. If I'm not working, I get antsy about it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I should, I should, I should be working. I should, be, you know. Um, but, uh, God, is that it? That's terrible. No, that no. Might, I mean, that might actually be it now. Because here's the thing: I've kind of trained myself out of being obsessive about other things. Right. Right, because I don't like being obsessive about things. See, I have, I feel like maybe this is one of those weird
0: things about getting older. Like when I was younger, either I didn't have the willpower, or, or, or I mean, most of my, I, they were harmless obsessions. You know what I mean? Like if it's not like drugging or you know fornicating or you know any of that other sort of stuff you're in your you know your 20s and i'm like i don't know for myself i'm like ah yeah no i dig this i like this i want more of this well i mean that's
1: kind of that's also where i'm coming from like you know what's the difference between like being a fan of something and being an obsessive well yeah i mean i mean I, i guess obsessive is like the inability to stop
0: right right or or let's let's even stretch it to the point of you're kind of it might be part of the little dopamine high is the idea of like oh i probably shouldn't do this but i kind of want to do it you know that kind of giving in like you got it right you know what i'm saying here right
1: yeah but like like literally like you said that and i was like oh shit so you mean like me eating cookies yes like that <laughs> yes there we go a breakthrough yes no but it's far as, like it it sounds silly but yes like my willpower when it comes to sweets is mm. is minimal as i'm sure you know by now
2: uh you know
0: i i i have to say graham you like your sweets but you do tend to pace yourself, you know. You're not yeah, you're, yeah, mm, uh, yeah, for me. Sorry. I I only see you when we're out at meals, so it's only like you get a limited portion. You know, we don't hang out yeah, really exactly. in just the house. No, like,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, I do worry that like work is my obsession. I well, I think I think uh, you but, but might be right. But uh, but I've had like you know I've had the uh like obsessive reading or obsessive like information gathering right right and that honestly is the thing that like i've had to trade myself and wean myself off of most recently mm. like the idea that like i constantly have to be uh I, it, like plugged into like events like the, the news
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh god you it. know it's something right. it's something that i have had to like train mm-hmm. myself to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm um, because honestly, especially after the, the, the last presidential yeah. election. Absolutely. Like, it was an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, You completely. know, it really, really was. Yeah. And there came a point where, like, that was clearly very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um,
0: I remember yeah. that, of course, you know, for the people who are fortunately as old as us uh, listening to this podcast. Um, I remember the first couple of days after nine eleven. Where it just seemed, and on nine eleven itself, where it was just that idea of watching TV felt like you were doing something or yes. helping or something, you know? Like, you were somehow participating. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right? And, yeah. and honestly, I think that, like, Twitter and social media took over that, like, in the first. Yeah. Just in the first days after the, the Trump election, but honestly, like to this to this day, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people still like equate saying something on Twitter yes. with actually doing something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But no, like that's that's probably like the, the that you know the the more obsessive thing, right? Um, and it, you know, and there there has been uh, a need to. Like actually, just put in rules and be like, "No, you stop,
2: mhm. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? like you have to step away now, you mm-hmm. actually have to step away now because if you don't, you'll just stay here, like mm-hmm. you will lose the entire day to refreshing twitter right, right, um which is which you know it is again an obsession, an addiction, mhm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever, mhm-, um. So that is an
0: addiction that you've had or an obsession that you had that you you've talked yourself out. So let's do this even maybe just open up the spectrum. What are some of the obsessions that you've sort of talked yourself out of over either recently or even over the years? I mean, part of me was like, like when you were in your 20s, of course, you were a big fan of music. Were Were you a music obsessive, would you say?
1: Uh, I don't know what a music obsessive means. Mm. Like I legitimately don't. Right. Uh, but like I know that I bought far too much music. Like okay. I, I right. point where like you're talking about the comics. Like I'd buy more things than I could listen to. Right. Right. And honestly, like, I got that way again when, you know, iTunes first came about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Because you're like, aha, what's that, 99 cents? Click, click, click. And then you're like, I I mean, to this day, I still look through my library <laughs> and I'm like, I genuinely don't know what that is. Yeah. Um,
2: and I think I
1: did that when Digital Comics first came about as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: because the, the ease of it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: was just such that you're like, you know, I, I I'd, I'd still, I've never read that. Mm-hmm. There's still stuff I have right digitally oh, god, i've yeah. never read yep 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 you know yep, for and, sure but to be fair like i was like that with with physical books mm-hmm. when i first moved to the states i lived really close to green apple oh god I of, know. yeah country. yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that was that was exceptionally dangerous yeah yeah for me too because yeah. it's really i mean it's relatively cheap yeah. but also like they had a great return policy where they gave you store credit mm. so you could basically just like keep going forever Mhm. <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, and I did. I had like piles of books mm-hmm. that I just never read. Right. You know, and you'd be like, well, I'm never going to read this. I'll take it by Green Apple and I'll get store credit. And, it, you know, so that that was a thing as well. Mm. Yes. No, I mean, I remember
0: definitely in my comic book buying days, there were periods where.
1: Oh, you 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 still like I remember your sales. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and just, I got to that, but part of that really did stem from at least initially this idea of like, Oh yeah, I'll buy this, but you know, I could always sell it back or get, you know, like after I'm done with it, like that is, that is a, that's a, of it's, it's that I've is had slippery. To, no,
1: yeah, break but it's a slippery up. slope. Right. Yeah, right. Like I had the same thing right uh, when I first moved to Portland as well, because Powell's there's a Powell's really close. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's the same thing, right? Right. And actually, there was a variant of that because by that point, I was getting an awful lot of of, um, books.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So literally, I would get free books, Jeff. Yeah, right. And the books I didn't want, I could just take to Powell's. Right. Credit for it. Yeah. I get books out of it. Right. You know, so again, piles of things that you never read. But you have to, like, there comes a point where you're just like, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. This is dumb. I have to. I have to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, like is that okay? So you're talking about you're trying to budget, now, or budget in a different way, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so this is making you uh, reassess your spending, right? That's is that not the this is dumb part that I'm talking about? Because like you can continue with your obsessions until something external basically pokes his finger in well i I... go oh wait why am i doing this yeah 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 like okay so really really recently Mm -hmm. um i would obsessively follow podcasts right like obsessively follow podcasts Mm -hmm. if i was not working i would be listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. right and then like circumstances changes changed and i was talking to more people right right and so Mm -hmm. i wasn't listening to podcasts as much and for those uh, i was gonna say for the longest time this is a complete lie because it was like two weeks but for about two weeks i was like i've got like i'm I'm, I'm slipping i've got to catch up oh my god i gotta catch up but then you have the moment of like why right why why do you have to catch up yeah you really don't like there's there's no you're not losing you're not missing anything you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well and i think that's the other weird To me, that's also part
0: of the core of obsessiveness is depending on, I mean, I feel like so much of it now is the, you know, as the kids and by kids, I mean, marketing specialists talk about, you know, FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's like, it's a thing, right? Like it's kind of a, and I've talked about it before with you here, particularly in regards to comic books of like, oh man, what happens if I don't keep reading comics you know it's like being able to talk about them with you on the podcast or being able to talk about them with people in the shop or on twitter like if you lose that you kind of feel like you don't have anything to contribute you know and and again you're you're missing what i feel like one of the things that's crazy about these days is i feel like pop culture is such um is such a treadmill in a way that never was before such a you know you're on the assembly line of consumption like before i feel like when i was a kid it was like oh did you see this tv show you know and it's kind of back, back i mean even then it was like oh did you see so and so this week like there wasn't the amount of destination TV was very low because I, I was a kid and B TV was crap back then. But as more and more (laughs) TV has become, you know, quote unquote destination TV or water cooler stuff. And then you start getting shorter bingeable shows where you're watching eight to 10 episodes in a weekend to be able to talk about it. And then suddenly like, you know what I mean? Like that's, That show no longer becomes a show. That show becomes a Saturday, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then we're on to the next one. Like, I, I do wonder sometimes if the stuff with Trump's presidency has made me feel like sort of in the same way that that has just this continual exhausting bombast. Like, all the stuff that we love, well, all the stuff, whatever stuff that people love that's out in, in for public consumption is usually designed to be gobbled up um, with the idea that it's it's one in a series. You know, like the Apple iPhones, I think, <laughs> are the exact epitome of that, right? You know, where tech is iterative and everyone knows that it's iterative. So it's never just that idea of like, you know, only only crazy dads were the sort of people who talked about, say, um, models of cars. You know, yes, having yes. car models but, come but out. But
1: now, like, it's it's an obsession. It's a, yeah. it's a culturally accepted thing to say you have like the iPhone. I genuinely don't know whatever the latest iPhone is. Right, like the iPhone latest. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's a status
0: symbol as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. No. And I think that's the other thing that's also kind of amazing somehow. And honestly, I think that's the majority of this is I do feel like, I don't know, there's times when I'm at work and I'm just lonely, you know, and I go and I look on Twitter and just and it makes me feel a little less lonely in a bad I don't know, this is actually the reversal of a metaphor, but it's kind of the methadone to the heroin, but it's somehow worse, you know, in the idea of like, yeah, I sort of can look at the clever comments of people that I consider to be my quote unquote friends, but, you know, are they, aren't they? When you start reading, of course, about all the other dopamine stuff that they do to make you hooked to to your social media network, um, I, I just uh, I'm just aware that so much of it seems to be like like people are the strongest incentive, I feel like, which is ironic that we're just, you know, trapped in these toxic online communities in many ways. But people are there because they want to be around people or feel connected to people. Or again, there's the prestige and the status thing that catches on, which honestly, I do wonder how much people would actually genuinely care about if you weren't able to monetize it. You know, I think
1: yeah, just, uh, did I tell you about getting a new phone plan at the beginning of the year? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So I have an old phone. Like I really do. I, uh, cause I don't, see the point of upgrading my phone. Right. If that makes sense, like my phone works mm-hmm. and I don't use it that much. Like I literally only use my phone in case of emergencies or for phone interviews for work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. So I don't use it that much. Mm-hmm. But I had to change my phone plan. Mm-hmm. And I go in and I think oh God, I think it's like an iPhone five or an iPhone five something. Ooh, 5s man. maybe? I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah see exactly but like, it's just it. Ooh yeah you see. Um <laughs> And I go in to the store and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, looking for a new phone plan, uh, but I don't want to get a new phone. Can I get? Can I use the phone I have? And I give them the phone. And Jeff, I literally have three strangers shame me for my <laughs> <laughs> Not exaggerating. Like the one I'm talking to, the one trying to be professional, actually goes – I I don't even know if we cover this anymore. Oh, (laughs) I mean, that's when did you even get this? I can't can't believe this still works. (laughs) And it's this thing where it's like, not even so, you know, I've managed to avoid the, you know, I have to upgrade my phone for the status symbol thing, but But, then literally I'm just going to get a phone pod. (laughs) And they're like, you fucking loser.
0: Well, I mean, yes, but there's also there is also that thing of people are used to having their phones not work sufficiently, you know, because you like you said, you use it in case of
1: emergency or to talk you, to like, yeah, for work. In like, it, yeah, I in terms of time I spend actually talking on my phone realistically right. we're talking less than an hour a month yeah you know i do wonder and i'm not saying so i mean
0: part of me is like oh that's just the fact that you keep talking about using your phone as in talking on your phone is such a that right there is adorable like i'm like okay this is
1: <laughs> but that's this is like, exactly what, what i mean but that's just that jeff when i text i do so on my computer because i'm on my computer all day yeah i i actually wonder if this
0: is a work from home thing because I have to say, Edie, oh, I, almost certainly. Almost who also certainly. works from home, uh, it's the same way. For she messages from her computer. She does everything on her computer. The the her phone is for phone calls. I mean, she actually has a landline that she prefers because of headsets and blah blah blah. blah, blah. But she uses the most of when she uses the phone is out in the world and. Because she works from home, that is less than the amount of time that I, who have to leave every day, like, because I go to work every day, I have the app that I use to figure out when the bus is showing up. I have. Oh, the... yeah.
1: No, don't get me wrong. Like, right. I use, I use other apps on the phone. I do meant you? like, you know, for phone things. I, do, I mostly listen to music on it.
0: Okay. All right. Because I just, because sometimes people upgrade their their phones because the goddamn apps open so slowly or so sluggish you know on an iphone 5 or 5s that they're like oh, i can't take this anymore you know so clearly not the case for you but so you do use it to listen to music which is yeah. good but you don't really but i i think you're the same way as edie you don't have like i don't know angry birds that you like no. use while you're waiting no.
1: in line somewhere you know no right so i do I like, wonder I don't, even, I don't even have like the twitter up on my phone wow wow
0: See, whereas I do, I have, oh, I use Tweetbot, but you know, same. same that's what idea. I mean. Like, I don't yeah.
1: have a Twitter up on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, literally, my phone exists for me to do uh, interviews on, like, for people to call in case of emergency, uh, and for me to listen to music.
0: Listen to music on. when you're walking somewhere.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that, uh, but so so I use it so rarely mm-hmm. that li- really I rarely use my phone. But at the same time, you have to have a phone plan because literally, again, in case of emergencies, I have to use it for work. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And I go yeah. in and they literally these like it was three, pretty great. Yeah, just we're like... just like outright shaming me. And Jeff, <laughs> I don't feel like old old. Uh huh. But I really did talk to these three. <laughs> I was like, that's right. I'm a granddad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It was ridiculous, but it's, it's, I don't know. Like, uh, okay. So let's pull this back to comics for a little bit. Sure. You know, you talked about the fear of, of, of missing out. Yeah. FOMO. Um, do you get that when people talk about stuff on, about comics on social media? Uh, you haven't read. Do you read things that you wouldn't otherwise read?
0: Um. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, how do I put this? Uh One thing that is weird is, and I think it's worth disclosing. Uh, weirdly enough, is the fact that you and I do a comic book podcast. So if if you and I did, I don't
1: didn't think see, you have to disclose it, Jeff.
0: Well, I know, I know. Or but I guess what truth. I'm saying is, but I mean, in the sense of the observer changes the experiment. Like part of why I'm we're talking about this now, you know it. It warps things. I, yes, but I don't know how much that would be the case if I didn't, if we didn't have the podcast. Look, when we have the podcast, it's not so much a, there's, there's it's kind of that professional FOMO. Like, oh, I have to be well informed about this. You know, like chances are good we're going to talk about it. Like there was a couple of things that happened this week where I was like, oh, man, I'm not looking forward to talking about this, you know, but relatively aware, you know, the whole like, oh, Kevin Feig is in uh, the whole. I actually I was really not looking forward to talking about uh, Damon Lindelof's uh, interview at Vulture about the Watchmen show and the comments that he made about Alan Moore. You
1: know. I haven't even read the interview, so. There really? You
0: know. Oh my god! No, yeah. and I was going to ask you. If you I just, watched I just had like a.
1: Or... I, no, I haven't watched episodes. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't watched. I like. I have no early screeners, and I didn't. Like I said, I, I've had a really weird week. Mm-hmm. I was like either sick or catching up.
2: Right. So
1: unless something was something that I literally had to work on, mm-hmm. I it passed me by this week. Okay. All right. Well. So I think
0: I think those two things in particular were kind of eh. I mean as you know I'm over the moon excited about the fact that Comixology Unlimited is carrying Drops of God but uh but that's you know we can talk about that at least somewhat partially but for the most part yeah like I wasn't I told you that I was off the after hoxpox I was off the jocks um but then reading of course and of course X-Men number one, seen some of the discussion online about that. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I'll pick this up. Fine. You know, and it was, it was a good comic. I'm glad I, I'm glad I picked it up. It's I think it was still kind of eye-gougingly expensive, maybe, but... I was
1: going to say, was it a good comic? It was a really long comic. It was long, yeah. It was a really long comic. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was a comic that literally I got, like, halfway through, and I was like, why is this still happening? Yeah,
0: yeah, no. So, I mean, I think, I think in that sense, uh, it was good. I mean, you know, I mean, I, there were parts in it that I actually liked uh, in it uh, a lot, but... I had not I had no intention of picking it up until I was seeing...
1: until everyone was talking about
0: it. Yeah, the discourse. And then it was kind of like, oh, okay. Um you had said good things in the past, of course, about uh Superman slashes smashes the clan. And so when the first issue of that came out, I was like, ooh, cuz it it was that was the trifecta of you know, I had told myself that I would pick it up when it comes out. Graham has said good things. It's going to be worth talking about, you know, it's a talented bunch of people, but, and it's sort of like, I want to read it. I want to be able to talk about it. I want to be able to hopefully be able to happily recommend it on this podcast. So
1: And yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could just hear that. I could hear you. You're ramping up.
0: Well, you know, I got to tell you, um, it, it was, I think it was good. I don't, it didn't necessarily kind of knock my socks off. I, it left me wanting a little bit more than I got, which is crazy because it's an eighty-page comic or something, you know. So, uh, it's I love, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Guri Huru's art, but it it didn't. It felt kind of weirdly something. I looking at it again, I I think that I was not crazy about the coloring. And I think the coloring is by Gurihuru, so it shows yeah, you I think it is. what yeah. the hell I know. But I think, I don't know if they were thinking that because it was an old-time book, they were going to use a just a very faintly desaturated palette or something. But as I was looking at it, I'm like, ah, I want this to be richer, crisper, you know. I mean, Gurihuru is such a nice pick for the team in a way because they've got the – almost Fleischer-esque um, design sense, you know, just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. baked right into their work. So, and Gene Yang's story is great. He did a fabulous job with, um, you want to say the supporting characters, but really, and and this I think the, is The part main of, characters. Yeah, they're the main characters. One of the things that I think in a way is a bit problematic about the book is that it is a- um, because it's a it's 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 a young adult book featuring Superman rather than more of a Superman book and on sure. the, and that is fine and good and and the stuff that yang does with that is great. I think my problem is I have a real hunger for golden Age Superman, you know like I would like to do see more stories done with. Superman can't fly so he's running on the telephone wires. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. the take on that era of Superman is so enjoyable and so it's one of my favorite iterations of the character that that I wanted more of it and we got less of it and this the other stuff that we got was fine, but I think if if we had had like Two years of Gene Yang's Superman forty five, you know, and then this was just a special mini series. I would be, I'd be like, oh, this is fabulous.
1: But for me, yeah, yeah. the first issue, left I, I me was so tempted to be a dick and be like, Jeff, have you heard about Grant Morrison's New Fifty Two Superman,
0: <laughs> dude? I love that stuff too. Up until the, in fact, remember like in issue six where he's like, "Oh fuck it, I'm just gonna go back and tell him. I'll just tell some Superman stories now. Forget it.
1: Forget what I was saying. Here he is. He's in the costume. Do <laughs> you mean, you mean the it. Grant Morrison pivot? Yes. I've got a great new take on a character. Four months later, did I say great new take? It's the one I grew up on. <laughs> I mean some of his stuff isn't great new takes, but yeah no whatever I know, you, what, you, you also know what I'm saying. I actually. do know
0: well, and I think that was it. I was I was quibbling about the about yeah how we would define the Grant Morrison pivot, but it absolutely exists is and is absolutely uh, crazy making and in fact, I really have to give it up for uh, someone in our comments who compared uh, the green Lantern to Morrison's run on action and I apologize I don't have the web browser open and I'm afraid I'll. Hang up on Graham if I do. I'll, I'll try and make it a point to get your name in in part two. I promise what not. Yeah, it's the Grant Morrison pivot. Uh, so anyway, so Superman... Superman uh, Smashes the Clan is a great book. It's really good. I... Was a little disappointed. It's just not what you wanted. Well, it's not enough of what I wanted. Does that make sense? Like maybe I should sure. have waited
1: for the trade and hoopla and stuff like that. Cause... Well, but I mean that's the thing again. Like you've got need to page first issue. So one of those things is like, do I really want to come back for, for issue two? Right. So I mean – and here's the other
0: thing. My hoarding and my obsessiveness are also tied to a weird and this – you know is sad we can analyze me for hours if we would want if it wasn't too tedious it's tied to my sense of responsibility so so i have been obsessively tearing through giant days you know the volume like uh uh comixology unlimited had volumes one through eight i hit volume eight and then i'm like damn it went to hoopla they had volumes nine through eleven i'm like damn it now I'm like, do I download the rest of the individual issues like on Hoopla? You know, but but at the same time, while I'm reading it, I'm really obsessively enjoying the hell out of it. I find myself being like, oh, man, I feel kind of guilty that I didn't support this book when I was coming out. Everyone told me that it was good. And probably for the amount of sales that they were getting, like one more person would have. Would have
1: have made a difference. Would have made a difference, exactly. (laughs) Well, but uh, I totally get what you're saying, but at the same time, you can't read everything, you know? Right, right, right. Like, you can't. Right. And one of the fun question mark things about digital comics especially Mm -hmm. and and Marvel Unlimited and and Hoopla and DC Universe and and Comicsology Unlimited is all this stuff remains available right do you know what I mean like it's okay to not pick up um, Giant Days when it's new you can still buy it now well, right. Except, of course, I'm... You know, if you... Yeah. No, right. Yeah, but yeah, you know what, what you I'm saying. saying. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Right. The royalties still go sure. in some form.
0: Yeah. No, and it's totally true. And and that is also the way that I think. So, I mean, as, uh, on my comic book purchases, there's stuff that I bought that I was so incredibly gratified to find out that Steve Englehart, you know is getting royalties for his work or incentives or whatever they call it. He's like, I got a revenue stream. I can't complain. I'm like, Oh, thank God. It's someone who bought, you know, the Avengers defenders war trade despite having the individual issues, you know, and then bought it again digitally. You know, I'm really hoping he sees, the money from the digital of some sort but uh (laughs)
1: you're like i bought these comics four times
0: yeah you know so i'm like thank god he's seen them but i do i like again uh trying to budget myself 50 percent off this stuff like um i think during the new york comic-con sale like all of adam warren's empowered was on sale and of course he had a new volume coming out and okay so i've got the first eight or nine volumes of empowered in print Plus, I have them on the Dark Horse app, which I never use. And I'm like, I should, I'm not going to buy these on Comixology. I'm not. And, but part of me is like, but it's so cheap. They're so cheap. They're, because of course they've been out for a while. You can pick them up for dirt cheap and then you'll have all, you know, all the volumes digitally on Comixology. I'm like, they're just over on that other app that I haven't opened in like, exactly what if i opened that up 36 months yeah what would happen i mean i'm sure it would crash right out but in theory it would work you know and and the books are in theory all there but i'm already doing that horrible rebuy the album you know re re rebuy the album on vinyl on cd i'm kind of creeping up on the oh fuck i've got it i'm I'm buying the remastered CD of the C D of the album that I have. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like, ah, don't buy this stuff just to have it on comixology. And it's like, but but Jeff, how are you gonna read it if it's not on the app that you read? And I'm like, uh ah. Anyway. So yeah, obsessiveness. That's uh welcome to hour one of our podcast, everybody. Um <laughs> we <laughs> doing well, right? Just talk about podcasts. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I think I probably have some good talking points about obsessiveness. <laughs> you think i
1: think we got like wonderfully weirdly deep there
0: yeah well you know i mean it it we could have probably it, it potentially could have been a little more uh I, I'm, I'm sure it could have been used mind a little more for comedic ends but you know it, it was, oh no this this clearly
1: isn't a comedic end night
0: no i don't think it is which is which sorry listeners i'm sure there'll be some mortifying story that'll pop up from one of us before
1: <laughs>
2: before Jeff, the night
0: is I, I do want to get
1: more into this uh spider-man book though uh, oh, yeah, right. The Matt Singer Spider Man book, yeah. Yeah, it, the Spider Man from Amazing to Spectacular, which is, uh, on the one hand, like uh, a really straightforward book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's literally a, a, a good, if short, written history of the Spider Man franchise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And specifically the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, not the movies, not the cartoons, or anything, specifically the comics. Right. Um,. It's well-written. It's, it's you know, he picks – he has a very clear through line, mm-hmm. which is something I really appreciate. He sort of – it's a, a – like I said, a fairly – I don't want to say a surface, but, like, it's, it's a short thing, so you can't go in-depth on a lot of things, right? right. Mm-hmm. But he picks out particular storylines to do, like, spotlights on. Right. And his choices are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh so for example the kid who collected Spider Man is a one issue story, but it gets as much attention as Craven's Last Hunt. Sure. As as, you know, uh the superior Spider Man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it, it you get to see him where his, his attentions lie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um he makes a relatively good argument for um for civil war, weirdly enough, for the for the identity reveal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also for what Slot does in the second half of his super uh Spider-Man run.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the the whole twist on the you know, now he's a you know, he used to be a schlub, but now Peter Parker owns his it's Tony Stark.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? He makes a relatively good argument for that not being a betrayal of the 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 core idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it convinced me a lot of a lot of Spider-Man comics that that makes sense. Like, it made me want to go back and reread things. It made me go back, to, want to go and read things in the first place. Right, right. Which, which I think is what you kind of want a book like that to do. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but honestly, the selling point might be the fact that this book is massive, Jeff. I don't mean thick. I mean scale of page. Really? Yeah, it's a really big book. Hmm. And so seeing the art presented, like... Aston... think of um like the absolute books. Right. It's bigger than that. Wow. Good grief, really. Huh. You know? So it's it's you know, it's it's like the size of the artist edition books. Ideally the artist edition books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: hmm um, and so seeing the art presented that large, it's lovely. Mm. Like it really is a really nice package and for someone who basically for someone who likes Spider Man. Which is not I you, think it, per se. But but I love this book. I really enjoyed this book.
0: <laughs> see, whereas I'm like Graham, that just means the people who like Spider Man would really dislike this book. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 I'm, I, kidding. I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I feel like that ties into the okay, whole yeah. like yes, the the whole social prestige media thing. But never mind that. It's because it's you're. I'm like yeah. See, Graham, you're the you're a fake geek girl of Spider Man. Exactly. Really like Spider Man. What's your fear? I am. Right, well, like,
1: I, so reading through this, I'm like, well, you know, I've read, you know, I've read a lot of these comics, and it gets, like, you know, and then David Michelini and Tom and Farland took over, and I was like, that's when I checked out. Right. And I stayed checked out pretty much until, like, JMS. And, right, and, yeah, uh, as a lot of us did, yeah, I think that's that not uncommon. like, here. that's that's when I checked out for 15 years. <laughs> you know um but no it's it's funny because one of the things about this book is it reminded me how much spider-man i i have read mm-hmm. and also how much i genuinely like a lot of it oh well, that's good you know and and the things i don't like are the things that i wouldn't say i'm a particular fan of like i said it makes a really good argument for and i don't even think that's his point i don't think he's trying to argue the case for these storylines as much mm-hmm. as just being like this is what i like about them mm-hmm. but in doing that he makes me go, "Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, that's an interesting point. Oh, I kind of want to reread it now." Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, which is it's nice, like it's I uh, uh, I don't want to say infectious, but it's it's there's something about someone just presenting this is a thing I like and this is why I like it. Mhm. That when you're like, "Oh, I kind of like that. Maybe I'd like this thing too." Right. Like I really that's a that's a great thing. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So pair that with the chance to see like, you know, David Levent's Ultimate Spider-Man pages, massive. Mhm. Mhm. You know, like, okay, then what's right. that you see? Like, you know, John to senior art really big? Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with that. That's for sure.
1: Mm. Um yeah, so so it's 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 a fun book, but but what I was going to say is like for for someone who is a Spider-Man man like you, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether people are Either well, I know all this stuff. Why right. didn't he pick X storyline? No, really, or right. or just the opposite, which is like I love this stuff too.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Well,
0: okay. I'm going to pivot a little bit because I do have to say, like, weirdly, I was like, ah, yeah, maybe it's just the mood that I'm in. But I, I was going to, I was going to pick at his choices a little bit because I think I am in one of those like, ah. That guy, like you're you're making a great case for it, and I'm like, yeah, screw that guy, Graham. <laughs> so I was being a bit of a contrarian, I have to admit. But let me let me pivot. A, what what I would really love would be that a book like this or even an excerpt would end up on like Marvel Unlimited, you know, or for that matter, if the you know G- Glenn Weldon was. Uh, who wrote that Batman book? Was it two years ago? Or oh,
1: more, more than that. Good God, my sense of time. You know, uh, let's see, Cape Crusade. I'm looking down. Keep going.
0: Uh, if he can, if they had him on DC Universe to to curate, you know, a bunch of books.
1: Yes, I have I have felt like that for a long time. Right.
0: Right. You I, know,
1: like I'd love to see publishers do more of that. It was just two years ago, 2017. Batman, oh. Cape Crusade, Batman, 2017. Whew. His Superman book, when does the Superman book come out? Oh, that was much, that was much longer That was much sooner. Yeah. Uh, that Superman book came out, Boof 2013. Oof, yeah. And I gotta say, I prefer Superman book to his Batman book. The Glenn Weldon uh, Superman book is great. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Do you,
0: do you know why you prefer one
1: to the other, per se? Uh, I think the Batman book tries to do too much. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and loses focus Mm. because it's it's the batman book is pretty much you know here's batman but also here's fandom as a whole
2: Mm.
1: and the superman book is generally just like here's superman here's what happens to superman through the career here's the publishing history of superman right and also the batman book suffers from so much of that material has been covered so often Mm -hmm.
2: mm-hmm
1: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's not the case with Superman. Mm. So, yeah. Right. I, I, both are highly recommended. It's just I think Superman books a better book. Got it. So
0: Marvel, Marvel sort of kind of does this. I really do appreciate that Marvel Unlimited does have uh, creators pick their, their favorite stuff. Um, it's very brief, but, you know, and there's a lot of the same suspects on there. Like, I kind of feel like... Everyone who 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 is asked to to pick their favorite books on Marvel Unlimited, like, has to pick Next Wave, you know, Agents of Hate.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. There's a whole bunch where it's like, oh, that again.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, but like David Walker had a bunch of picks, you know, and and one of his books, one of his picks was Skull the Slayer, uh, and I I just about shit myself and fell out of my chair at the same time. It was I was like, what? And it was great. It just – his little one-paragraph thing about it. I'd like it if it was a little deeper. But it seems to me uh, – because I was thinking about uh, one of the other things that I think horrified people – I hope this was this week, not last week – was Disney Plus's uh, release of – Oh, like,
1: God. No, that was this week where the Disney Plus is like, we're going to list on Twitter everything we've got.
0: Yeah. Was and it-, it went
1: on for like three hours. It was like Monday. It was Monday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And they also had like that that video. that was like here, and yes. it's three hours long. And it was yeah. So, so they unveiled three hours of that, and everybody was you know sort of you know, I I, did, I really appreciated the guy who was like wow strong flex from Disney Plus to show us how much absolute shit they have. And it's true, there's like some really horrible stuff on there. But of course, just about everyone's worst pick was someone else's favorite pick. Like yeah, yeah. you know. Which of course is kind of what they were going for. But oh which is to say, I do get the sense that at some point these services as we get more and more of these services, they need curation, I guess. Yes.
1: You know? I, I've I've long thought that um marvel unlimited or dc universe whoever first goes for critics to do a curated pick right and like actually pairs it with analysis Mm -hmm. um is going to like that's going to be a really smart thing to do yeah yeah i think so as well i i I, if there's a collection where you we're basically like it's a digital trade where someone's writing an essay for each uh, thing yeah right exactly um, would just be like a remarkably smart thing i remember For a while, DC was doing, like, I think it's called DC Universe Presents, and it was, like, $8, Mm. uh, like, collections of, like, four issues at a time. And I remember when they were doing that, I was like, I wish they'd just, like, get, you know, like, a Chris Sims or someone Mm -hmm. to do, like, Mm -hmm. here's my three favorite Batman stories, and I've written a chunk about them. Yes. Or whatever. Like, that Mm -hmm. would be great. Imagine you can pick that up for, like, $7. Right. You know, because people would go for obscure shit. Right exactly there you know that's what you want you want someone like you said to be david walker to mention skull slayer mm-hmm. or you want someone a uh, uh you know with the dc thing to be like you know i know you, you all you've all heard about mark russell's press but let's look at joe simon's right right exactly you know and, and it, or even
0: like any one of of prez, joe simon's pres would would knock you out but you know, here's the issue where it's the vampire with no legs that's in the little wheelchair rolling on his hands around the White House. You know, like.
1: And the thing is, like, you know, there are creators who'd love to do this.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I think that's it. I really think that between, like, cr- like between the critics writing a longer piece, or you know, the the superstars, but like, my God. How great would it be to be able to go to be able to contribute an article uh, for DC Universe talking about why OMAC 1 is great or, you know, picking out your four or five favorite Kirby DC comics? You know, Mm -hmm. that'd be, I think that would be terrific and appreciated. And it's interesting because DC Universe has a stronger community component that I yes. haven't dipped into very much. I did more in the initial days when I was trying to get release lists of what was going to be coming up. But um, but I do see that in their way they're kind of the component is kind of there, but it's kind of not there. On yeah DC exactly Universe. you're
1: like you're like if you just go a bit further. And yeah. honestly like along the same lines, like one of DC Universe's things was it hired freelancers. Yes. When yes. it launched. Yeah. You know, and it felt like you were so close to actually getting people who were going to actually, like, curate the comic selection. Especially yeah. because when DC Universe launched, it had a curated selection. Well, right. It exactly. It didn't have everything on there. Yeah. You know, and there was this feeling of, like, maybe they're actually going to do this. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. No, no,
0: they didn't. And it's probably for the best, because their curation, at least from what it sounded like,
1: never really moved beyond the... You it know. was pretty... Media properties and, and what ties in with the media properties. right?
0: Exactly. Like who is Trigun? Find out here, you know, kind of thing. Or you know, now yeah, that you've seen yeah. John Constantine, you know, etc. Cetera,
1: et cetera. Yeah, which is like I still love when they, they when DC Universe didn't have like this full list on there. And yeah. even now it's like you know we don't have vertical titles on there. It's like you fucking do though. Yeah, right. Like, you've got all the vertical Doom Patrol issues on there because it's a fucking Doom like there's right. a Doom Patrol show. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's incredibly, incredibly. Um, uneven still yeah uh, they still say things like you know well we don't like you know we don't want comics with maturity material on there and it's like have you watched titans great right. no i know I like know. your shows are absolutely unafraid to have mature readers content on there right so why are you afraid that the comics are yeah like that's nuts to me yeah
0: yeah no it's they're they're i don't know again i as you've heard me say repeatedly like dc had such a deep trove of silver age material that works really good as all ages material and dc has put so much time and effort into an all ages line like i'm like have your basically all but have your free version of dc universe for kids or figure out a way to striate the stuff but yeah it is ridiculous when they're like oh no we couldn't we can't really not nah, no not nah. although i was going to say like some of the stuff with Vertigo, I was like, yeah, like Enigma, which, of course,
1: you... It's Dark Horse now, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's coming out from Dark Horse, which is a stunner to me. That's, um, I want to say that's great news, but... Uh, it is great news it's huge i just sort of wish it wasn't coming out from dark horse so
1: (laughs) um it's funny i just was talking about like you know titans swearing i just remembered did you hear about Bizarro tv from new york comic-con because i honestly feel like that's news that just went nowhere and should have been a bigger thing no i don't think that i did okay so this surprised a lot of people because everyone seems to think this universe is going away Mm -hmm. right and it's not. And mm-hmm. I, think I've, I think I've said this in podcasts. I've definitely told you this before. I've talked to DC people, and they're like, we're really not looking at shutting it down. Right. Um, they announced Bizarro TV on New Comic Con, except they did it at a press event, and I really don't think it got coverage, which is a shame. Bizarro TV is Blue Ribbon Content, which is Warner Brothers' digital production unit. Uh-huh. Um, are doing an anthology show based on DC characters. Hmm. And it's live action and it's animation. It's all shorts. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, uh, we will do it in-house, but we'll also hire people in that we think are fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we can do whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. So the characters they've announced
2: mm-hmm.
1: that will be part of the launch. Right. Space Cabby. Wow. Ambush Bug. Mm-hmm. Slam Bradley and the Creeper. Wow. Huh. And and I might have been misled, but from what I know, I think Ambush Bug is for live action. <laughs> wow. Wow.
0: That's amazing. I can't – that must not have gotten any coverage because uh, I can't see why a, a live action Ambush Bug – didn't take over the social media.
1: Well, I, I, as far as I know, live action and Ambush Book is unofficial. Like oh, literally, okay. this is, someone was like, "I think we're doing a live action," as opposed to it was announced. Like Ambush Book is announced. Okay. The, the PR says space copy Ambush Book, Slamburg, uh, Bradley, and the Creeper. Right. And some like I was honestly told another character, and I can't remember it for the life of me. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's some nuts, nuts stuff that they're doing that literally again was announced and i don't think anyone noticed <laughs> wow hey yeah. graham let me ask you
0: yes so what how <laughs> oh good <laughs> so there's this contest the dc universe is offering
1: oh is this the the um dcu unscripted Yes, the, the, the pitch something, pitch a, a nonfiction show to us. Pitch contest. a
0: nonfiction contest to us, a nonfiction reality show to us.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So, what the fuck are they talking
1: about? Like, they literally mean like because it's a okay unscripted. So have you, yeah. have you, um, seen Marvel's YouTube shows? No, I don't think so. Okay. First of all, you're not missing anything. Second of all, you kind of are because they're terrible. Okay. <laughs> uh, but literally, they've had shows like, he's a celebrity chef. He's CB Sabalski. They're going to do a chat show together. Oh, of course. And yeah. the chef will like, be cooking something. CB Sabalski will be like, I love foods. And then like they'll bring in Jason Aaron. And Jason Aaron will be like, I'm writing Thor. Sure, I'll eat this pizza. Uh, like that's, And they've done variations of that for years. Right. Like, I'm not joking. Years. Right um they're really they're like it's it, i maybe it's off youtube now it always used to be on youtube and it was had names like cooking with cb and things like that it was, they're terrible um <laughs> dc clearly decided they want this wow <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh dc no dc um, no yeah, they are for uh, uh okay oh, really what dc what you are me uh, I I pulled up the, the email they sent out in New York mm. and it's like see fresh pool, uh, see full press release here for this DCO scripted and um it's gone. Like mm. they've they pulled it already. Right. Um It the deal is anyone between now and I think it's the middle of, of November mm-hmm. can pitch something that would be a series of non of unscripted non fiction shorts. So in other words, a reality show. Right. With a DC Comics connection, it's up to you to decide what that is. And at the end of this process, six people will be selected. Mm -hmm. They will be flown to Burbank for, I think, a week where they get to work up a full pitch. Right. And then the full pitches will be delivered to, like, a team of DC executives and other people. Right. In I, as far as I know, something is going to be filmed in itself. Yes, of course, it will be a, like reality a reality show.
0: show. Yeah. yeah, of the right? reality so, show. Yeah, yes. it's a twofer. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, and then whoever gets greenlit gets the series. Mm. Yeah. So Graham,
0: you can <laughs> what the fuck? You can't partici- You cannot participate in this.
1: I. Uh, I mean, I I, I. I think that most. I I th- I think ethically I can't.
0: Ethically you can't, but I also the believe the rules. I, I think the rules might say, you know what I mean, like I think sometimes if if you're like a employee or a family member of DC Comics, I also feel like there's something where it is like or if you're a journalist who covers it, you know what I mean, like that's usually there's some sort of rule that's you know where it's like if
1: you're a close I'm, trying to, I'm trying I'm trying to find the actual uh the, the actual language okay, I'm, Yeah, i'm looking up the official rules right now Blabblab. oh wow the pdf um <laughs> they're they're long it'd be yeah, great are, if there's all kinds god, of weird rules yeah, tucked we, into. It. how many pages do you think the official rules are uh uh eight you exactly right <laughs> <laughs> Woo, i'm on my way to winnings and riches good job yeah um, i'm trying to see the because there's got to be some oh my god there's four rounds Jesus, of course. Well, because it's going to be a TV Steve. show. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Okay, so the, the rules are amazing.
0: Oh, this sounds great, Graham.
1: Round one is selected on the following factors: premise, participants, and binge-worthy. What? Right. Okay. And what's, they actually give a percentage? Forty percent premise, thirty percent participants, and thirty percent binge-worthy. Wait, thirty percent participants participants yeah. in a, that in mean? other words are you going to be like on good on camera pitching this oh i see Got it. i'm i mean i'm translating i no, don't know. i uh, that makes sense that makes sense um then round two so what turns is binge
0: worthy in... is like if i like actually eat three cupcakes
1: while pitching it that helps my if you chances. how how likely are people going to watch more than one episode
0: but isn't that going to be the premise like wouldn't I mean like if you have a great premise I don't see like, where I mean yes
1: yeah, yes and no like for example um, nailed it on Netflix is not a great premise right yeah. the premise is can you cook shit can you bake shit terribly I see but it is incredibly binge worthy like ah. I love that well, you can you watch like three or four episodes in a row right right hmm. um, okay round two. Premise, participants, binge-worthy, specificity of vision, longevity, and viability of the entry to be produced within available budget. <laughs> okay? Then, then it goes into round three, quality of pitch presentation, premise, participants, binge-worthy, viability of entry to be pre- produced within available budget. And then round four... Quality of pilot production, oh. premise, participants, binge-worthy, and viability of the produce within the available budget. Okay, so is
0: it just that they get different guests? Or as it gets closer to it, some of those numbers
1: might
2: get, the, the, go up per, or the down? Percentage
1: sh- right. The percentage shift. Yeah. Uh, and also, you get to make a, a pilot by the end of it. Well, sure, yeah. So, Graham, as I'm saying, I suspect... So, I, I'm still trying to look through to see whether I... <laughs> keep going keep going
0: no i can't every time i try you're like uh i was going to say okay so ethically if nothing else i'm willing to bet in the rules it says so but i was thinking that we could very generously give away some award-winning ideas with our dc uh (laughs) universe reality show pitches oh god do you have one I I don't know. I could. I I mean, I see. This is it. I wanted to have one, but I didn't. Literally, know what the fuck they were talking about.
1: Because here's the thing. I I literally don't have one. I I I. You know. I I. It actually goes further than that. Not only do I not have one, I'm inherently suspicious of the idea that you could have a reality show that is somehow like tied to DC content and will still be watchable.
0: No, I agree, but that's my that's why I think we should try and work this out. So, I mean, so like for example, you someone could pitch, say, um, uh, who like Booster Gold twenty twenty right where the idea is booster gold is sort of a self-made superhero and you're doing a reality show to see which various janitors in 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 tech industries is most
1: likely to become the next booster gold right boost okay how are you defining booster gold in that case like a fame obsessed time traveler a a
0: janitor at a tech company, who's able to steal something and and make <laughs> oh himself God, into a amazing. hero, right? So you know that's kind of what I was going. I'm
1: for. fairly sure, could be wrong. Fairly sure that that would not pass legal muster with Warner Bros. Okay,
0: but I mean, like, but that's that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about like how to edit like Mort Weisinger or. No, I think
1: they're I honestly think they're talking about if someone could come up with a reality show that is um But like, like the DC universe off. related. Yeah, right. but like Great it was British Break-Off, but somehow DC.
0: Well like for example, what if you had a space cabby twenty twenty where you pick eight different cab drivers from different countries and they all compete to be the next astronaut, right? Like that that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's that as opposed to how to date the julius schwartz way right like when they say
1: dc no i well i now want to hear your pitch for how to date the julius schwartz way. oh no you don't graham because if you go on the internet <laughs> you most assuredly oh no not. oh no that's why i want to hear it
0: <laughs> i i figured you would have taken the bait on how to edit the more why it way but... no,
1: i i'm i'm going for the one that's going to get you in legal trouble <laughs>
0: Oh God, I'm sorry to be chortling at the misery of others and by others I mean the people who uh
1: have Any woman within the radius of Julia Schwartz.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for taking the Wait.
1: He's dead. We can't actually get in trouble for
0: Can we? Can't we? I don't know. Anyway, you so Well come on. But but like but they're talking about like they're talking about different shows. Like they're they're
1: They're trying – but like of a
0: reality show stripe,
1: huh? Well, again, maybe because it's so broad that if someone theoretically came up with like a documentary series that was interesting and – let's be honest, cheap. Right. Then that would fall under their idea of what counts. So, yeah, I like we're we're just assuming it's a reality show. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But But, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I guess you couldn't have a documentary because that would be scripted. Right. It's supposed to be an unscripted... Because it it would be found... Could you have found footage documentary? Does that cross... Actually, I'm looking at the, the, um, Mm -hmm. the DC Universe press release right now, and it actually calls it unscripted slash reality video series.
0: Okay. Unscripted reality video. Right. So so it would be something like um yeah shit i i, I keep throwing i think i i think i peaked at space Cabby 2020 myself but uh i like that 2020 to everything though yeah. yeah no once i did it with booster gold 2020 i was like and who knows part of me was like uh trying to set it up for some sort of a joke but Graham, let's face it that it does seem it seems kind of crazy right like that it's got to be an unscripted series but it also has to be tied to a deeply fictional comic book yeah, universe yeah, like yes it's okay. very
1: it's it seems uh a a very partic- like a very niche thing they're going for
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I- but uh, it's a shame. I was actually I was having this conversation with Adam Dave the other night. Mm-hmm. I wish they had I wish they could open this up also to um scripted. Well of ideas. course.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they I they're clearly the unscripted thing is uh the the it's it's a budget workaround. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, exactly. I, I mean of On many levels, not least of which is they don't have to use union labor. So I think scripted is, that's part of, that's why more than anything, like they would happily do it. You could pitch something that's, you know, a scripted it's, house of mystery, you know, where nobody, or no, what is it? Uh What's the Marvel Wolfman one with Count Winter or whatever who can't leave
1: the mansion? Oh, um, Night Force.
0: Night Force, right? Like you do a Night Force, except they never actually leave the house or something, you know? Um, it'd be cheap, but you know, again, I think they're looking to, ah, thanks. Thank you. You lovely souls at Hollywood who, you know, have managed to keep your reality show brethren, you know, non-union rather than embracing them with your opened medical benefit enabled arms. La la la.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying is you're not going in for it.
0: Uh no you know I'm well I'm not because I I part of me does think that it's a little it's a little I'm never a big fan of exploitation contests where they're like hey well no exactly
1: know. it's it is one of these yeah. you know come up with our ideas for us
0: yeah things, co- exactly right? yeah, yeah you yeah. know
1: we will give you exposure
0: right yeah exactly the the working for exposure things like come on guys you you know a little better than that but I I also get why they're doing it and they're taking it you know it's the at the same time part of me is like if i'm trying to be generous i'm like oh it could be an opportunity for somebody to break in you know and part of me is also like yeah who's going to be the next phantom stranger 2020 where you pick a bunch of like really old uh uh occultists and they all have to compete in the you know and the one that gets chosen gets to be
1: the Phantom Stranger. Who? No, 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 no. That only works if one of them has to be Terry Thirteen. Like the host calls himself Terry Thirteen. Ah, I was going to say it was only the, end, the work. They're completely. like you're banished.
0: <laughs> See, there you go. It's like no, and then it yep. shows them like waving their hands okay, against that, the green that's screen. That's
1: the one we're going with.
0: That's <laughs> the one we're going. With. <laughs> See, you didn't even hear my hook, which was one of the everyone, contestants everyone, everyone would be Alan Moore.
1: What's that? It's like it's like remote control. Everyone sits on a chair, and then when they're banished, the chair shoots backwards, and there's smoke coming out. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot. I forgot that's how they got rid of people on remote control. Wow, Graham. Wow,
1: look at you. You know It's like I never even saw the American remote control. I saw the British remake. Really? Yeah, because there's a whole British series that was that remade it.
0: Interesting.
1: Who did they get instead of? uh i'm going to have to look this up because i'm i'm going to say i might be misremembering and if i'm not misremembering it's amazing
0: it's Um, like drunken nerd guy and anti-vaxxer which admittedly is
1: very easy for you the
0: british to fill i'm sure (laughs) oh my (laughs) god what's really funny is
1: i'm looking up remote control on wikipedia and it's like nope um Hmm. international versions uk it was it was anthony wilson anthony wilson was the host in the uk amazing you don't know who anthony wilson is no do you?
0: i don't <laughs> who's anthony wilson
1: anthony wilson founded factory records and the hacienda nightclub anthony wilson was the guy who who like is the reason you order and <laughs> joy division had a had a musical career oh jesus like have you seen
2: hour party? I was going to
0: say 24-hour party people, right? Yeah, like...
2: Steve
1: Coogan. That's Steve Coogan in, in
2: 24 Holy hour party. Holy
0: shit. Wow, he was the host? That's a bit better yes. than young, drunken Chris Hardwick. Um, yeah. Huh.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's who hosted it in the UK. Oh, my God. Was there a Jenny mccarthy a companion? I, I, I'm literally looking up Tony Wilson right now. I didn't realize he died. Oh, Hey, you know who's still alive? Don Perlin is still
0: alive.
2: <laughs> Isn't
1: that amazing? <laughs> that was
2: the greatest
1: thing. A. Why do you say it like that? And B, I feel that you're saying this because he just like you just discovered that. How did you discover that?
0: Well uh I I have been rereading um Werewolf by Night uh, in, in the, in the the little digital trades, I finished, polished off, um, volume two and I was reading, uh, volume three and volume two. One of the things that was happening, um, that kind of threw me was at one point. So I guess because of the the nature, either Doug Moench or or Monetch? No, it's Moench, like bench, bench, right, yeah. Doug Bench, yeah. uh, and and Don Perlin. I I can't really tell who's necessarily responsible in the villain creation department, but there's a lot of characters uh, in Werewolf by Night that are brain-addled um professional either professional athletes or boxers or wrestlers or things who become convinced that they are someone else like there's the hangman the, the hangman who's like a guy who like punishes people with the justice of old and there's a atlas who is a um basically a thinly disguised Steve Reeves analog whose face becomes madly burnt and he's a narcissist. So it drives him insane. And he's convinced that he's, he is Atlas this character that he was playing in his last movie and is there to punish the, the Roman emperors, which are of course the producers of the movie that he, you know, destroyed his face on. I, I, I don't remember. I think it's Hangman, but at one point it may have been Atlas. At one point, one of the characters starts talking a lot, like a, it, it probably is Hangman, because it's a lot like a Steve Ditko character, right? And uh, is talking about how there's no gray; everything's only black or white, and gray is a form of corruption and perversion. Uh, and it was like, oh, huh. And so I had this weird, like, wait a minute, is Doug Munch like kind of? Like, is this a disguised shit talking of Ditko's beliefs? And I think in my brain, that's where I thought like, oh, Atlas, Atlas, if it's Atlas and Atlas Shrugged, then it's an Ayn Rand sort of attack. All of which is to say, hey, Don Perlin, at a certain point, I started looking and realizing his his work can be really Ditko-esque in ways that it's, there's times where it's not, like he's got kind of a generic renderers like lantern jaw chin kind of thing that's sort of uh not all the way over to george tusca but you know kind of of that school of like i you know you know three you know how to draw three guys faces three women's faces and then you're off to the race races
2: wow that sounded like
0: a slogan So I was looking at it, I was like, huh, because at one point there's a Dr. Glitter Knight, who is a weird-ass character.
1: Dr. Glitter Knight.
0: Right? It's such a great name for a villain. But but Perlin draws him, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know Don Perlin, because of course he was drawing Defenders during one of your favorite periods of it, you know? And I like Don Perlin a lot, but... I think that one of the things about Don Perlin is it's pretty easy when you're thinking of an adjective to describe his work. It's kind of underwhelming. You know what I mean? Like, it is... It's cromulent, but it's not very exciting. It it kind of gets the job done. It, it sort of looks like it's being inked by Vince Coletta, even when it's not. But it's not... But at the same time, it's not necessarily fully it's not frank springer drab
1: you know what i mean like (laughs) wow also i feel like you're weirdly targeting two artists who i discovered through the transformers comic
0: oh yeah oh frank what frank springer and uh don perlin Perlin. oh interesting Yeah. yeah don perlin was in on there yeah so don perlin has Uh, a pretty interesting eye for design. And so I kind of had this thing of like, oh, I'm looking at his Ditko stuff. All of which is to say, issue 32 of uh, Werewolf by Night is the premiere appearance of Moon Knight. And Moon Knight, as you know, is one of those characters that uh, uh, I would have to say is um, loved... By loved a lot by a few, and those few in turn are wondered about by the many, you know what I mean? Like, yes, Moon yes, Knight exactly. is around, but people are like, But why?
1: Moon Knight is Doctor Strange
0: Plus, yeah. I think. Well, Maybe, maybe. I feel like Doctor Strange makes a lot of sense to me. It, to the to the idea of, especially Doctor Strange being that character that every writer is like, oh, I, I've got a great idea for everyone. Nobody wants to read anyone else's Doctor Strange story, but everyone wants to write a Doctor Strange story. Yes. Right? Yes. So Moon Knight, I don't even feel like anyone wants to write a Moon Knight story. Like maybe it's kind of getting better, but for a long time it was like, eh. But I do think, I think that Moon Knight is arguably one of the better costumes to come out of Marvel. And weirdly enough, I don't think is designed by John Romita, who is the go-to design guy for no, Marvel. in the seventies. It's Perlin. It's Perlin. And the other thing that I thought is Perlin totally designed the Moon Knight des- costume going by Ditko's rules of superhero costume design, right? He's got a completely recognizable silhouette. He is designed so that Basically, if you're looking at just an element of him, especially his hands, but just about any element of him, you can tell who the character is. You know what I mean? Like like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, there's a whole bunch of dudes there. Ditko, when he's on his chops, it's like hands head and silhouette
1: wait so why moon knight because he's holding the moon like shapes
0: he's he's got that moon shape to his cape like they're originally like attached to his arms
1: oh the hands were
0: originally wrapped in white bands and they had the silver cestus on there you know to the whole idea was that moon knight all of his weapons were made out of silver so they could beat the shit out of werewolf by night which is what he was originally built for it. Moon Knight's been retconned all over the goddamn place.
1: But um so now, Moon Knight is a disaster because they announced some for his TV show a while back. Right. And so for DHR I had to do like the quote unquote explainer. Oh and in god. research I was like, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, Moon yeah. Knight. Oh yeah. god. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking
0: zoo. That guy's got like three or four different origins. And again, this this isn't this is the marvel universe they have never it's,
1: been this rebooted is, this is DC for reboots yeah. They literally just go oh no no remember before that's a different conchu yeah that's... this is the conchu who's possessing him yeah and he's not got superpowers anymore he just thought he had superpowers right oh no wait this is the third conchu who is now making him have multiple personalities because the other two conchus were parts of him that he m- imagined right and like jesus christ dude
0: by so, Werewolf by Night thirty two. He, Mark Spector is a mercenary who's hired by the committee to bring. The committee is uh, sort of the shadowy, villainous organization because it's you know Marvel in the seventies, and the corporation hires Mark Spector and they give him his outfit like. He's just a guy. And then and then they're like, we're going to give you all this stuff because he's a mercenary. He comes with his own helicopter. But they give him the costume and his whole gimmick. They give it to him. And then he goes and manages to capture uh, the werewolf. And then... Uh, basically decides like, you know what? Fuck this. You guys, he's got, you know, this werewolf's got more honor than you do. And he lets him loose and beats these guys. And then the werewolf gets away and he's like, huh, I wonder if we'll ever cross paths again. So it goes into Marvel spotlight where, where it's uh, again, uh, Perlin who does a redesign of the character to make him a little more um, in line with the Marvelese. And, because he's been partially bitten or injured by the werewolf, they give him the hook that he has yeah, he, he, the moon gives him powers. Exactly. Makes him stronger uh depending on the phase. And then they end up like working that out and working it in with the no no no, no it's Kanchu giving him his power. And then it's Kanchu I mean see that's it. Doug Doug Bench and creates the character and then Just totally does, like, just reboots that origin. So I guess right off the bat, people are like, okay, fair play. We can just reboot Moon Knight's origin. Just boop, 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 boop. Anyway, Perlin loved his design. And I really was. I was like, but did he design it? Because sometimes there's characters who first appear in books drawn by authors. But, again, you find out that, it, you know. Exactly.
1: It wasn't really him.
2: Yeah. it
0: it It was like Romita. You know, Romita sat down and, you know talked with the editor about the the character they wanted to create and boom he's a wolverine there you go you're welcome world you know and uh so i went online to look to see if if there was any place that talked about gave giving him credit and i couldn't find anything explicitly everyone seems to assume it nobody seems to have denied it but in the course of this i was reading about don perlin who is 90 years old
1: and is he 90? It's yeah, still it's 90. with us. He is. I just yeah. looked it up. He was mm-hmm. born August 27th, 1929. 1929. That's why I
0: paused because I'm like, wait, I thought it was 1919. But no, 1929. 1929, he was not a young man. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, depending on how you define young man, he was basically your age when he designed Moon Knight. And that's the thing that's crazy. Wow. He went wow. on to, to, draw the Defenders, to draw the Transformers. Jim Shooter hired him. He ended up doing... He was basically the production training guy, sort of the artist intern program at Marvel. Um, He was like the instructor. And then, you know, Shooter hired him uh, when Shooter formed Valiant and put Perlin in. Perlin was drawing and might have been editing is it solar man of the atom like again
1: i'm just uh i don't know if he was i he was definitely drawing perlin actually drew a chunk yeah of barely valiant which is kind of nuts it is it is kind of insane it also makes
0: sense because um because perlin was super old school he drew closer to what jim shooter defined as as good clear comic book storytelling
1: Right. Yeah. it's correct. Comics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Correct. Comics. Like you Perlin has absolutely no problem because he can, you know, he's one of those old school artists who can draw to scale and also does believe a lot of those same things. There's a lot of shots in Werewolf by Night where he can draw a like a long shot where you've got three or four people in the frame. Full-bodied running at something, and it's one of five panels on the page, right? And you're like, it—it's not exciting storytelling, but it's exactly unexciting in the way that Shooter loved, thought was good, clear comic st- book storytelling that he tried to bring to things like Secret War and stuff, you know. So, uh, so Don Perlin still alive, ninety years old, and oh, oh my God, that's amazing, isn't it? And that's that's the story of Jeff's pivot.
1: I love the utter randomness of that. Uh, I love that genuinely, I can't remember what you pivoted from. That, that's how amazing <laughs> oh, that is true. the pivot was. It was, it, it was a good pivot. I feel like. I, I honestly have no recollection of anything we were talking about before <laughs> you brought up the fact that don perlin was not dead I love that maybe every episode now you can just bring up another comic creator who's not dead maybe and is. i hope that you don't just save it for people who we think might be dead i want just one episode where you're like do you know he's not dead scott snyder scott snyder still alive scott snyder's younger than both of us yes exactly and you'll be like but he's not dead it's and that's true. the end of this week's episode of it's good.
0: Uh, uh, Guess Who's Not Dead in Comics. Boy, Scott Snyder is not dead. That news that his book with Charles Sewell, which I read through, I wouldn't have known if I didn't follow you on Twitter, Graham. That, that the initial orders for that his image book is 83,000 copies? hmm 83,000. That's amazing. Yeah, right? Well, no, that's it. For... at. At the rate at which those guys get paid, you know, through image based on higher sales, 83,000 bucks, you are getting paid more. He's probably even getting paid more than he's getting paid for, um, you know, some of his DC projects. Yeah, Justice League or something. So... That's that's stunning. I hope it. And don't forget, they've also
1: right. sold the rights for uh, shit television. I think I can't remember for television or wow. movies. But the, the media rights for that project have already been bought up. Right,
0: have already been snagged up. Um, mm-hmm. And admittedly, it's Sky Snyder and Sewell, and and I don't know who the artist is.
1: Uh, it's Casabie right? Caponcili, Cam- isn't it? Oh, okay, right. So and so. Matt Wilson and Colors. I thought I want to say. Okay,
0: so there's so there's a little bit more of a money to divide up. Than just a sort of two person. You're not getting the Gill and McKelvey split there. It's going to go three ways or even more. Who knows? But um, yeah, eighty three thousand. I I hope that it. I hope for them. I hope for Image and I hope for the direct market that, that it's such a, that it is a good book and that it actually sustains those sales for a good long time because that would. Be I
1: hard. I like the first issue or the the Ashcan, which I presume is the first issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not um i think it's a pretty strong start and Uh interestingly enough more than anything it reminds me of why the last man oh Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i i i think it's i think it has enough legs for what it needs to be if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i feel like it has enough legs for like 30 issues which honestly is probably all they're gonna go for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think they're going for like a walking dead you know let's continue for 15 years thing at all
0: right which is apparently nobody is. Hey, speaking of which, uh and and I don't mean to pivot as as quickly as, as I have, is there any news about Saga or the return of because
1: I forget I have not heard anything. I as I said, like I was expecting to hear something at San Diego, nothing. I was expecting to hear something at New York, nothing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Hmm. Um if anything was announced, it was announced really quietly. Right,
0: right. Which you would think, by dint of things, would not. You'd,
1: but yeah, you'd, you'd think that. Uh, on if nothing else, you'd think the image would make a big deal out of it. Yeah, right.
0: Because the I, the original announcement was for a year's hiatus.
1: A, a year, hiatus? at
0: least. Okay, and how long has it been? Has it been? Is
1: it? It's been just over a year, I think. Uh, okay, I think that's right. Yeah. Let's look um Saga went on hiatus in August last year. Okay. Wow. Okay. Right. So. Okay. Are... So a little over, right? It's... Yeah. Like, no, it went in July last year. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Just curious, because that is. oh so a year, like we're coming up in a year and a half, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's obviously not been solicited so far, and we're into the July solicits already. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I saw. I tried again. The January solstice already.
0: Yeah, thank you. I was like, wait. <laughs> I've admittedly, I'm not doing a great job keeping track of time, but that that did throw me for a loop. Uh. pa. Huh. All right. Well, I was curious yeah, about that because I it is it is fascinating to me that say, what I don't know, just three years ago, uh, image between Walking Dead and Saga were. Selling a shit ton of comics, you know, or or at least there was a, there was, yeah, I guess that is the proper way to say it. I was gonna say like yeah, they were pulling in tons of money, but Image doesn't actually see that much from the. That's why the people who if you can if you can get an Image comic that sells, it's why you see so much more money. It goes well. Yeah, it goes very well for you. So. Which hoo hoo boy, that's kind of a kind of a, so we'll see. Yeah, I think I think Snyder and Sewell, I think doing thirty issues, that makes that makes a lot of sense.
1: Um I mean I'm 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 guessing. Right. Uh I I because I, I talked to them and I know they already have the finale planned and have mm-hmm. had since the start, basically. Right. Um and I I I can't remember if they gave a vague Number or not, but it really didn't sound like they're planning beyond a handful of years. Right. right.
0: Well, that I mean that makes sense. I mean, you do it for if you can do twelve issues monthly for five years, and that's sixty, that's 60 issues, issues, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I the, the old, the old solid Sandman number, you get like ten trade paperbacks out of that, and that's you know a good size on the shelf. It, it has a certain amount of churn to it, so. I don't know, but maybe maybe maybe
1: uh, maybe thirties the new sixty. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I mean, how was what was Wicked and Divine in the end? Like forty odd, forty three, forty four. I that sounds right to me, but again, and there's a handful of specials, so let's right. say like let's say fifty ish.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: to me. Um, which also feels like like it felt like a solid enough run, by
0: and exactly, exactly, and I think that that's think that's kind of necessary and helpful but i mean i don't know i mean can you think of anything that's sort of a perennial well, seller I, that that's not hmm. you know that's longer than sort of the four issue mini you know the four issue bookshelf maxi format but you know shorter than 60 issues that's like a perennial
1: kind of like Watchmen.
0: <laughs> well yeah right Watchmen is even the beyond a 12 issue maxi i think if you know what i'm saying like
1: Oh, you mean, you mean like a, a, something that's theoretically a long-form series? Yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, th- there, there was the time, there was a point where like, uh, Fables was doing well.
0: Well, no, no, like no, 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 Last no, Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Or Ultimate Spider-Man. No, no, no. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, like, can you think of something that only ran for 30 issues that's been collected in
1: print and still churns? You know what I mean? Like. That. Well, I mean, to find still, though, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. Fables Fables was sort of self-sufficient for, like, 10 years. Yes. Right? And right. then kind of dropped off. Although I saw in the DC solicits, they're reissuing it again. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. I am... Um, you know what I mean? I'm just to... I mean, Sandman still sells well.
0: Yes, right. But so and at, you know, so I feel like Sandman, transmit Preacher, like there was a certain yeah, but point I, where no, I, I
1: would, yeah. But again, I would say like Transmet and Preacher have dropped off significantly. Scalps must be doing pretty well because it's been reissued recently. Okay, uh, talking actually talking about things that DC are reissuing. They're also reissuing Ex Machina again. Oh, but well, that makes sense.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think so cuz I think it's Brian Vaughn. Like you in theory you can market it. Also, I always I I feel like they're always right on the verge. That also seems like one that's right on the verge of becoming a TV show.
1: All the time. Well, I mean, that's just it. Like, isn't why being developed as a TV show right now? And like, right. Runaways is doing well for, for Marvel. Exactly. So maybe DC is literally pushing out, being like, come on, these other Vaughn shows are just
0: waiting right here on the Vaughn. Yeah, it, so.
1: like, it's fucking the West Wing with X-Men. Let's go.
2: <laughs> right.
1: What if you have Mr. Robot and right? whatever, Parks and Recreation? Put them together. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the pitch zone. I can see this is what I wanted from you from the from the DC reality shows, man.
1: I get nothing for DC
0: reality I, shows. You
1: really don't. You're a DC fan. Don't you have anything? I, no, but it's the reality. Here's the thing: it's reality show it the reality. It is the reality
0: thing. It's a killer. It's a killer. Yep. I gotta tell you, I really I get why they're doing. Like again, I think it's almost easier to do a show about you know working in like the work behind the scenes work at dc or something
1: you know like scott That's Snyder's shit. masterclass like, like or drops something to, yeah someone just, just drops into the dc offices and sees what's going on sure yeah. but like you know i and i say this is someone who likes secret bespoke who who literally turned on netflix this morning and was like there's a fucking interior design competition from the uk i'll watch that later <laughs> of like, course but still you know the idea of doing it for d c comics is just like no, well,
0: but again, even within the fictional world of d c comics like it just is weird, like it's just weird, like what the fuck like I feel like I feel like this should be a thing like. I just I'm it kills me I, I you're keep, like you're like,
1: like you're like there's there's potential here I just don't know what it's potential for
0: well no I mean I, I'm saying it feels like it should be an awesome punchline for you Graham I feel like you've got it you've you've got the fingertips who will be the next Chandu the magician you know or no who's Chandu did he have a title mm-hmm. yeah or who's the guy who's um you know the psychic in Jack Kirby's the demon oh shit
1: oh god right like (laughs) i can't remember his name (laughs) i know it's that classic like it can't quite be chandu but maybe it is it's uh no chandu is is uh is he chandu not like a a doctor strange character yeah i think so i think so um come on chandu let's see he merlin he hangs out with blah, blah blah come on you're disappointing me. Oh, Randu Singh.
0: Randu. Randu Singh. Randu I mean,
1: Singh I wasn't I was I could have been a little closer I have, but I have told you before about my uh love and uh disappointment with Kirby's Demon, right? Yes. Yes that i I genuinely love it, but also think that it is the Venture Brothers.
0: <laughs> well yeah, no, and you said like I do think that doing it as doing it almost as a straight up show would be great. Let's face it, just I mean I know Bruce Tim is such a Kirby fanboy, but like uh, a version of The Demon as a cartoon like a cartoon network show, but just have it look like Bruce Tim doing Kirby on that. oh my God, that would just look fucking phenomenal, and then yeah, it could be insane. But, yeah, Venture Brothers. I don't know. I, I'm just like, there's no real baking competitions in, in D.C. Like, may, maybe that was the thing. Maybe they really needed the thing that they were missing with some sort of, there's not really, there's no
1: real super cooking food heroes, are there? Are there? I mean, uh, no. But, again, my treating lads is right there. Yes. Well, but no. yeah,
0: but you can't. You can't have a. Oh, I guess you could do a. See, this is it. Every reality show always becomes a like who will be the superheroes who aren't actually superheroes, you know? And then it, it's like the Legion. That would be great. The Legion of Superheroes reality show where people are competing to become the members of the Legion, and then the the panel of judges, which would be like,
1: because it's so great. Because then you have the. you know, you don't watch Top Chef. On Top Chef, they have, like, the people who get knocked off of Top Chef Mm -hmm. have, like, a a secondary reality show Mm. where they can compete to get back on Top Chef. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. And so you have that for Legion, where you have Legion of Heroes.
0: Legion of Substitute Heroes, where suddenly you're like, okay, your challenge is you have to make more ice than Polar Boy. Uh, Um... (laughs) <laughs> so yes i the, what i'm obsessed
1: love, with this reality show contest.
0: i am i we gotta crack it first off i think it would be a lovely if every one of our listeners ripped off our ideas and somebody won so since neither <laughs> of us are gonna enter it i keep like but of course you're like Jeff, i have no, no idea. no no i want you to not. enter no. i want i want you to enter that is, i want it's not gonna happen in part because every time i'm like i i just keep coming up with the crazy ideas like again the Legion would be great, is you get Paul Levitz, Keith Giffen, as the judges. As the judges? Yes! Oh, <laughs> and somebody dressed as Brainiac 5. So, like, a really blonde dude with like that they paint green, who has to say ridiculous things in character as Brainiac 5.
1: And he's got, like, little dots in his head.
0: Yes, yes. I would really honestly would prefer if it was Brainiac, the original Brainiac,
1: so that it was, you know. He can show up on, a like, a TV monitor. Yeah, send people away. Oh no! Episode. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They have him as like, and they, they show that... up in like a they show up in a globe, and then they get shrunk. There's really bad like blue screens.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, the person being kicked off the show is being sent in the time bubble back to their own century. Oh my god, that's that's a great idea, Graham. That is excellent. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the best one so far. Really. Especially if you get people like Brainiac being like, you know, cause they always reality shows, they, they have those celebrities, you know, like it's always the, like, here's my good friend, Chuck E. Cheese. And, you know, they introduce Chuck E. Cheese and Chuck E. Cheese is like, I've got a special pizza eating challenge for you guys. And then, you know, the dramatic music playing and cutting to the various people looking nervous as the Chuck E. Cheese pizzas are rolled out, you know, anyway. Uh, th- you can tell I haven't watched reality TV in like a long time. Like, Whereas was...
1: like I have really, I've really been watching a chunk of it. You have like, been, yeah. Recently. And I'm I'm loving it again. It's very relaxing for me, Jeff.
0: That's what you're saying. And that's why I'm thinking your two f- current, two of your current favorite things right now, reality TV and DC. And you, see, I
1: just feel <gasps> but like. But they don't go, they just don't go. Together. <laughs> like they <literally> don't. <laughs> They really don't. They really don't. It's so funny. You're like, just put them together and I'm like, but I can't. Yeah, but I can't. It's I like you're can't. like Graham, you like I don't know, sleeping in Star Trek. Come up with the net Star Trek show based around oh, sleep.
0: Oh, okay, first off, you don't love sleep enough because I'm like, that would be the best show ever. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah. That's mm, uh so um. Yeah, I, I'm like, Graham, keep thinking. How about Challengers of the Unknown 2020? We take a, a plane full of people and <gasps> we
1: like- Jeff, Challengers into... of the Known. And it's just a show where like they go and talk about really, 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 really well-known and boring urban myths. Oh, oh, that would be good. See, you could probably sell this. Yeah, no,
0: Challengers of the Known would be great because it would be like, it's basically the uh, version of uh, Jeopardy you know where you answer trivia questions and and the great idea is the idea that your time is run out but you know the
1: challenge is, is, yeah, is the hourglass it's,
0: yeah it's like the hourglass so it's like ding
1: so i don't know i <sighs> Graham, oh I just... i've seen now i'm like there's got to be some sort of like general knowledge quiz that's based on like crisis and infinite earths where the host is dressed up as the anti-monitor <gasps> oh that would be good and like when he's good. sending you home, you've got to go on a treadmill, and the again really bad CGI, like make your tremble like. Sure, sure, your sure, 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 sure,
0: sure. I gotta admit, you really know how to make the guest depart. Like you've got this down. <laughs> this part
1: you've got. I just want, I mean, just I just want shitty special effects. That's <laughs> yes. All I want. I just want just it shitty effects. Really sense. cheap, bad special effects. That's all I want. Yeah. From yeah. Tel- yeah. No, it's totally. T- but, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's so I get it. So no, I don't. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm just saying. I, 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 Do I get that? No, I don't. Mm. I, I don't get. Like, I, I, I think I just want a return for remote control, which is terrible because again, I only saw the British version and secondary. It was a terrible show. Yeah, but it had that part was cool. Good
0: special effects for departure is kind of a great. I
1: don't know. Did you ever watch any of the? See, I'm saying bad special effects because I grew up a nightmare, Jeff, which was a show. Where, oh no, it wasn't Nightmare? What am I thinking of? The Adventure Game. Sorry. The Adventure Game, which was a show with, I mean, when I say computer generated special effects, you have to understand this is like
2: 1981.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, and you were going to have to look on YouTube to get this for the show notes. And then this means you're going to see it and you're going to understand how hilariously bad the show was. <laughs> But the end was the contestants – because the whole thing was based on, like, a sci-fi fantasy thing, right? Right. And the contestants had to cross a vortex, uh, like a a game board, essentially. Uh Uh-huh. And they're fighting a vortex. I was trying to avoid a vortex, which is, like, you know, the most basic computer graphic Imaginable, right? That if they stepped on the same thing as the Vortex, they would be vaporized. Ah, uh, that's great. And there was there was an uncle who was a talking plant because he was an alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was just terrible. But that's what I want. I want like the shittiest special effects. Right, right.
0: It makes sense, Graham, because I I feel like. I mean, you really were uh, the American special effects—nothing to write home about. But my understanding is British TV show special effects were.
1: Oh, you are literally going to have to YouTube this for the show notes. You will see it. Everyone should go and look at the show notes this time, because I can't emphasize how shoddy. This... <laughs> it's actually difficult and on all levels to uh, how shoddy the show was but especially the special effects
0: did you see the um somebody i think it was an excerpt from the crisis on infinite earths footage maybe um but it was it was a mixture of uh, like effects that looked somewhat competent and effects that looked so ridiculously oh, is this the
1: C- cheap the cw shows
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh, definitely
1: well, you've you've watched the CW show. No, I haven't. Stuff. Are the budgets oh, see, really that's...
0: super, super, super cheesy and cheap?
1: Yeah, that's what you're missing about CW shows. Ah. A they're all wonderfully shit. Mm. B, they generally have like one special effect a year they spend their money on. Right. And then they fuck the rest of their budget. <laughs> okay
0: because some like, of this was i want to
1: say the first i want to say the first year of the flash they're like okay we're going to try and have a pretty good gorilla grot. right and he's going to appear in like one episode right And everyone else is like well what are we going to do for like you know this episode that requires a blizzard to hit the city and then the flash runs around the entire city creates a vortex and wishes it all away and then there's a tidal wave and they're like fuck i don't know Have you got like an amiga from 1992 <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it
2: <laughs>
1: wow, really huh yeah yeah it's 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 kind of great the c w shows are all uh, different levels of shit, and I don't mean that in a bad way i don't right. i genuinely don't mean that in a pejorative way,
2: right
1: uh they are there's things like for example arrow takes itself too seriously for me right flash has moments of like self-awareness of like how campy it is but then you get things like legends tomorrow which is just gloriously campy Right. it seems to really know that it is trash Mm -hmm. and it's all the better for it you know yes yes and so you have phrases before you have this shitty special effects and that leans into the the campy shitness of it Mm, gotcha i've not like i've not seen batwoman yet uh Black lightning, from what I've seen, I've not seen that much of black lightning. Mm. But from what I've seen is somewhere in between the sort of self somewhere in between the self awareness of legends mm-hmm. and the, the pretension of Arrow. Yes. But gets away with the pretension better. Yeah. In large part because it's actually it is like significantly less camp show. Mm-hmm. Um but no, like I can see, I can possibly, I can very much see shitty special effects that you're talking about with with Crisis.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was kind of amazing. I, I'm assuming it was Crisis, just because if not, it was one of the previous uh aeroverse crossover shows oh yeah
1: I, I mean i i would actually be not surprised because they've done like the the nazi one crisis north x right they did elseworlds which i've still not seen but mm-hmm. i fully believe it's going to be terrible um like right. you know they've they've done a lot of these yeah yeah i do think i do think they're
0: they're so far they're little casting coups for Crisis on Infinite Earths has been kind of
1: clever and brilliant. Yeah, and kind of hilarious as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know that they're just going to be – it's literally going to be someone looking at the camera being like, you know, oh, look at that. Is that the Flash? And you'll be like, they look familiar. And then the next day on Twitter, people will be like, can you believe (laughs) they got, you know, background character number three from Lois and Clark? Well, no. I mean, that's it. Once they
0: announced that they'd gotten Robert Wohl right um, yeah that's where yeah, i was, that was like
1: that was one where i was like they're really trying hard i yeah. don't know if it's a good thing but they're really trying no hard. i really do
0: think it's a good thing i'm like that's genius i don't know if you can how much further back you can really go at a certain point and get dividends but it seems to me like that's early enough getting that just getting brandon routh uh and dean kane and putting them in different superman outfits i think is really very clever you know
2: well, what's funny
1: as well is like Batman Rouse has been in Legends since it started. Oh right, oh. the Atom.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot he was the Atom. So yeah, huh. Mm. Interesting. So, but there he is, Superman, right? I didn't, I didn't mistake that part. So,
2: huh.
1: Well, yeah, he's he's going to be the Superman of Kingdom Come world or something. Yeah, it's sort of what it looks like so. Yeah, so that's that's going to be a whole thing. It's uh, They're fun shows as long as you can kind of accept that they're shit, if that makes sense.
0: Right, yes. Well, or that's part of um, – just as the show sort of leans into that, you ha- as a viewer have to lean into that, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. You have to sort of accept, mm, this. Is, this is not quality television. <laughs> right, right. Gotcha.
0: Okay, well, so – So, yes, speaking of quality television, um, I think we're at the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. Thank you. Thank you. I thought so, too. Smooth. Buttery smooth. That's that's my podcasting skills here.
1: Uh, (laughs) I I feel – I genuinely feel like there's something else we're going to talk about. uh, uh, Is there? Was there? I mean – I don't know what it is but i honestly i'm like there was something else we were going to talk about mm. i don't i can't even remember so if we said something at the start of the episode that we we're going to talk about and then like, we could completely mislead uh, we laid i apologize what Nods. uh this has quite clearly been one of the more scattered episodes that, Jim, that i have done <laughs> <laughs> actually the weird
0: part is it's i feel like it's been focused we've only really talked about like two or three topics the weird part is they are barely related so, to comics. Yes. Yeah, so... Yes.
1: None of them are the topics that people would have expected us to talk about. Yeah, no kidding. And is that kind of just utterly random thing that is what keeps the whatnots coming back, Jeff?
0: We hope so. We sure hope so. If not, good news, everyone. Next week is a drock, and we will have to talk uh, on, in a focused...
1: We will. We'll have to talk about comics then. Yeah. Uh, more specifically. Or, else, or, or, or more likely... We will not talk about comics, but I'll just edit all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's put it this way. We will certainly be talking about is it volume nine of Judge it is.
2: It's case Judge Pets
1: titled volume nine. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah. I remember when we started this off. And what's crazy is like they're already up to like volume thirty six.
0: Jeez. I know. I know. Well, we talked about that. We were aware that this is because remember, you originally worried that drug wasn't going to last long enough. And I was like, uh, I think we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, tr- DROC's going to last like three years.
0: Three to four years, man. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I Especially if we do the other stuff.
0: Well, the, yeah. Too- I guess we'll probably... Well, I figure we'll... Have to because I mean if they're at thirty six now is it thirty six or thirty four I guess it's thirty six
1: uh, I think they're oh hang on I'll check the the last two things in email maybe so it's the...
0: I mean you know assuming that they put out
1: what 30... you're right it's 34, 34 is coming out in okay
0: thirty four so if they if they publish how many of those do they do two a year two a year yeah so. So by the time we finish up volume 24, they'll be at 36. By the time we get to 36, they'll be to 38, which means if we work in the other books, I think I think four years sounds about right. Maybe a little over, right?
1: Uh, well, all I'm saying is after volume nine, I think we may end up doing Restricted Files volume one. Okay. Because we will have caught up with the end of the Restricted Files volume one. I so see. We'll all be at 1985. Uh, uh the question then is do we also do Judge Anderson case files?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to say
1: no. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to say no as well.
0: Yeah. I I think that the focus should be on dread. So the restricted files, if you wanted to read like the daily strips or something like that, I'd be down with it, you know. Um,
1: I I think you might regret that decision. <laughs> No, I really, like, it. uh, we talked when we did it in Volume 8 about how repetitive it felt. Yeah. It's even more repetitive when it's, like, a four-panel strip. Well, of course. Of
2: course. Yeah.
1: I right? So, so so I think you really would be like, oh, I know I know. it's the guys who are doing the comics that I like, but... Weesh. Yeah, okay. All right. It's good to know. Spoken like someone who revisited them recently or no? Uh, I've not revisited them recently. I just remember even when I was reading the prog, mm-hmm. uh, the kit... They would occasionally re- run them there as well. Ah. Uh, I, I would just be like, "No, nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Nope. Okay. no, thank." You. Well, let's, let's. I should. I should. I should revisit them and I can give you a, a more learned answer. But uh, re- uh, for now, I think we should stick to the case files and the restricted files. And okay, that's it.
0: that sounds great to me.
1: Terrific. Um, however, that is next week, as as we were saying. Uh before we get to the end of this week this is the part where I talk about all the different places that you can find us on this our favorite internet are you okay with that jeff i am grim
0: i am tell me more i'm
1: fascinated jeff when i'm not sick i like to post in the way what <laughs> tumblr that's waywhatpont.tumblr.com this week i was sick so sorry everyone <laughs> i was sick and then i was catching up and honestly no was not going to happen. However, right, I did manage to post on the Instagram. That's Instagram.com forward slash WaitWhatPod. Uh, we have also a Twitter account at Podcasts. Mr. Jeff Lester, shall we call him the MVP of the podcast? Let's. He's at LazyBastid, at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D. I, the least valued player. <laughs> MVP. I'm at, at Graham M, at G-R-A-E-M-E-M. More importantly than all of that, we have a Patreon. We have a Patreon and Patreons, or Patreon Patreon Patron, Patrons? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say this. I have, since the last draw had an extra thing to put up there, and I keep not getting around to it. Oh, it yeah. will not go up before the next stroke. That's right. There's an extra gift just for you guys. Wow. Well, you got to get Jeff, that up there soon. Check. Yeah, Talk talk it up. Tell people. Go. Talk. Do it. Now. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do talk, it. Do, do it. Go. Now. Come oh. on. Oh, this is great. I actually
0: do love yeah. the gram soundboard. Come on. Go. Now. <laughs> so anyway, everyone, yeah. honestly, oh, gram. <laughs> <sighs> so we have... Patreon, okay. Graham's actually going to let me speak. I think so. Uh, we're incredibly grateful to all of our listeners. Seriously, you keep us motivated, as you've heard us talk about in this very podcast. To sort of keep aware of what's going on. I mean, not hard for Graham; it's his job. But for me, it's uh, it's it is uh, it is a challenge, and it's one that uh, I accept and. Uh, has kept me searching uh, for new experiences to have comic book wise and share and i that's expanded my horizons so much which i hugely i really do hugely appreciate not quite sure how i'm going to make it work with a budget but we'll we'll figure that out when we get to it um and one of the ways that um that that my by being able to have a budget at all is thanks to uh, the wonderful people at Patreon who are not only uh listeners who help uh inspire us and and push us to do more but they also throw us a little bit of dosh as incentive and as a result we have um you know uh, the baxter building our read-through of the first 416 issues of a fantastic four and Drock, our ongoing project which is re- uh, every month reading a new volume of judge thread the complete case files In addition to all this stuff, uh, we are incredibly uh, grateful to you for keeping us um, inspired and fired up. And the fact that you throw in really wonderful, great comments uh, on the website. um, Some really good, challenging thoughts, suggestions, and ideas. uh, And we should also mention, as long as we're talking about the people that we're grateful for, empress audrey queen of the galaxy we're especially grateful for her continuing support of this podcast and this corner of the intergalactic woods as it were
1: grab intergalactic woods just think about that for a second imagine all of existence as a forest jeff mm. huh that's kind of a kind of a lovely image i think right yeah you accidentally conjured up something that is is a nice little way to send us off yes everyone Close your eyes for a second, Jeff. If you could just edit in some nice wind blowing or something, it'll be like <laughs> radio, but for this podcast. Okay. And then you could just imagine, like, like going up the hill towards the intergalactic forest. Look, there there are the hopes and dreams of an entire generation glowing like the Aurora, aurora Borealis would help if I could say it. <laughs> yes. Jeff. Join me on this track. Look, look to our left. What do you see? Do you know what's great? I'm actually holding my hands up like people can see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm actually acting this out. And of course no you one... are. Like, why, Jeff? Why? <laughs> why am I doing that? I'm putting this extra effort in. You're welcome, what not. But for what end? None of you can see. Can you hear me actually gesturing? It's, it's, it's you method. Ask. You're a method actor, Grant. It's, Just I'll admit be it.
0: You're method.
1: A it's Wait, immersion. It's mm-hmm. It it's it is immersive. And I try again, I'm trying it over for you one honestly. Honestly ah! <laughs> <laughs>